The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios, coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are on 1250-930. You can find the show online at PR927FM.com. And watch the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube so you can watch this program, The Brian Bailey Show, all of our post-practice and post-game video, which there's a ton up there right now from ECU Media Day from over the weekend. Also, a new episode of Pirate Radio Trivia recently dropped. It's all there for you on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to pirate radio tv got a big show on tap for today coming up at four o'clock we will talk to the hammer jason hamilton head women's soccer coach at ecu they are coming off a win and have a big game coming up later this week we'll talk all about that and the soccer season getting underway over at ecu with jason hamilton at four o'clock also at five o'clock steven Igo hoist the colors joins us for our bud light ecu report Igo will be here talking pirate football before he heads out to get audio from the latest Mike Houston press conference following today's practice, which is coming up at around 6 o'clock. Also on today, we've got a ton of audio to get to. Luke Larson, Elijah Morris, Justin Chase, Avery Jones, also some coaches, Steve Shankweiler, Chris Foster, Tim Doust, Roy Tesh, all that from Media Day, some Mike Houston comments as well. So we are locked and loaded with Pirate football content just over a week away from kicking things off against Appalachian State. All right, uh, we have a packed Studio B today with Shirley Rhodes back. Chandler Honeycutt is here. We have intern uh, Macon, who I believe is on the way out. Intern Jalen is here. And to my left, the co-host of the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, Billy Weaver. What's up, Weave? Hey, how's that sound? That sounds pretty good. That's huh? pretty cool. Add that to the business card. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we believe. We believe. We believe. Like Billy, like if it. they if ECU starts two and oh, they beat South Carolina, I think we're gonna have to get some Weave Believe t shirts going. Well, you better start printing them because print that's, them now? that's a big print them now. That's that's a big possibility. It really well, is. Print them. I mean Sound I like I, Steve Logan. Yeah. Print it. You can print it. <laughs> Put it down. Remember it. Print it. We've, we are Write fired. it down. Take a picture. I don't give up. 
<laughs> we are fired we up to have Friday. you on the. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. No smoky references know, right? during the show. Well, maybe one coming up later. <laughs> but uh, Billy, fired up, man. We're gonna have a lot of fun this year after games on the fifth quarter, celebrating wins, maybe uh, being depressed over losses, but taking your calls and uh, and going as long as the the callers want to go on the fifth quarter. Yeah, there are going to be some losses, and there are going to be some uh, angry fans that are calling in about even about wins. We've, we've, <laughs> that's we've true. Seen, you know, we didn't beat them by. It's enough. not exclusive to losses. Yeah. Now because you know we've seen over the years that fans even during wins call in and gripe and complain and that's but you know what that's what fan is that's right fan is short for fanatic and and if if you're a fanatic you're you're way out there about everything you know include everything involving ECU athletics and that's what we like you know we like fans because without fans well we, it's, that's it's not what we fun. are we are absolutely <laughs> I mean we both uh, graduated from East Carolina we both want the program <laughs> to succeed. So we uh, will try to remain more level-headed than some of the callers, but at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Yeah, but just think about when you and I on Sunday are watching. It's a little different there. I mean, it's but I mean, it's the same as far as I act a little different. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's the same as the ECU fans act on Saturday night after a game, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Uh, a lot more cussing and yelling from me <laughs> on Sundays yeah. and at we'll, the TV. We'll get that from you on uh, on Saturdays, but yeah, we're uh, we're ready to go. I think it's a great fit. Weave has been a part of the Pirate Radio family for a long time now. Billy. Yeah, I don't even know how many years to tell you the truth. I'd have to go back and look at it, but it's been a long time, well over fifteen years. And also, we, we talk to you every uh, every Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Also, yeah. you call in usually during the fifth quarter anyway. So yep. now instead of one phone call, you'll you'll be here for the entire thing and that'll be cool man because uh you know i've been wanting to do that for a long time obviously my uh you know previous job kept me from being able to do that because i had other obligations but now that i've got a little bit more a little bit more free time um it's gonna be fun man it's gonna be a whole lot of fun you know it's gonna be nice where i can sit and watch the entire game um and not have to run around like crazy during the game sometimes doing camera work during the game and stuff as you can actually sit and watch and focus on the game and you know have kind of a uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to use this word loosely, but an educated knowledge of what's happened during the game on the post game show. I've seen a lot of lower the headgear uh, yeah. commented. Uh, it's so funny that 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 phrase is still around these many years later. I haven't used that phrase, and it hasn't been on the air in probably 15 years bobby hayes says weaver in the house uh bill says is billy weaver bringing breakfast i think that is the best question i've heard asked <laughs> i want to know the answer to that I can one do that. I can do uh that. billy back to what you were saying though you when you got that camera and i've never done it before but you've talked about how you're focused in on maybe one player or well, you're focused and, and you're following the ball you miss everything else happening on the field so. yeah i mean think about this if go to a football game one time and just follow the ball <laughs> don't look at an offensive lineman don't look at a, a left tackle missing wide a block, receiver or a, or a db on the outside you didn't right you know. right yeah or you know a, a wide receiver on the far side of the field locked up with a db and they're going at it and there's words go, you, know, you miss all that yeah. you really do because you're hyper focused on the play and and following the football to get the highlight 
Um, so a lot of stuff, you know, it, it, there's been many times on the sidelines when somebody is is not working a camera and they'll come up, oh man, did you see that backside hit? Like, no, I didn't even see it. How'd you not see it? You were right there. I was like, yeah, but I was looking through a lens, looking at the quarterback and center. You know, yeah. That's about all I could see. We are uh, very excited to have Billy Weaver as part of the squad. He was already part of the squad, but now we'll be here uh, after every game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, taking your calls. We'll have a late one coming up next Thursday starting at probably around 11 we start right when the game ends and we'll be with you uh after east carolina appalachian state coming up next thursday night here on pirate radio uh once again uh shirley back chandler here how y'all folks doing over there doing pretty good clipper chandler starting the weave believe uh i like that foundation foundation i was looking for the word to finish that sentence foundation not what i was looking for the movement movement is the word i was looking for i am excited clip rock excitement time shirley how you doing over there i'm doing all right (laughs) all right good that shirley's got a lot going on so uh, shirley's always got a lot going on and you know what shirley was not here yesterday and boy you picked a heck of a day not to be here it it was football season it was like non-stop <laughs> with all the players coming through which we had some awesome shows with Holt Naylor, cj johnson rajay harris tyler sneed bruce bivens xavier smith dj ford i love i start that list and then i have to finish it and i'm able to do it and i'm proud of myself for that i can uh, do it had some great interviews with those guys you can find those online of course and uh and billy you know how it is like doing this for years and years that that feeling you get when it is football season oh yeah uh you can feel it because you're doing four times the amount of work you usually do yeah. but also it's uh it's a really fun time of the year it, it's fun because you know i always enjoyed it because you knew exactly what you were doing day to day um a lot there there's a lot that goes into it when you're prepping for shows when you're you know lining up shows and when you're you know going to you know you're going to a press conference on monday you know exactly what you're doing every day it's a lot of work uh, but it's better than in the summertime when you're digging for stuff, trying to find stories to run, find, trying to find good content and stuff like that. That's not the case during football season. Of course, when you get to the end of football season, it's almost like, okay, I'm ready for a break. Yeah, right. But the beginning, there's nothing like the beginning of football season. And uh, we are ready to roll. Billy uh, got his football season started off right last Friday at the beach and watching uh preseason action i did I, that's something very <laughs> I congratulated rare. you on a friday night <laughs> off and so it looks like you took full advantage of it i did i watched uh watched a little bit of the washington football team uh i i, I think you know it was funny because the very next day i was talking to somebody uh, that we were doing breakfast with and uh you know he he's he is a dallas fan and we kind of went back and forth and he goes yeah you know you know you love the, those cowboys i'm like come on man um anyway we were talking about he said well he said well how's your washington team going to be and i said pretty much like we think um good defensively struggling on offense and hopefully we can find something offensively between behind ryan fitzpatrick and, and i think that's exactly the deal because what i saw from ryan fitzpatrick he can't go deep downfield he can make plays plays happen and i think if he stays out of trouble and doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes i think they'll be okay offensively well how's fitzpatrick going to have an impact at all when taylor Haneke starts this is true that's true and that could happen <laughs> it could that could happen yeah you know what the thing is it, it's funny because joe theisman was doing the game and when Heineke came in he fumbled one time when he yeah. the scrambling and, and you know was kind of hanging that ball out there not not 
protecting the football. When you're dealing with uh, a situation at quarterback where you've got a decent offense and you can move the ball down the field and be effective when you don't make mistakes, you can't have that happen. You can't give the ball away. And I think Taylor Heineke's probably going to get an earful, or probably did after that preseason game. Yeah. Say, look, you got to protect the football, young man. They even asked. Thank you, Chase Young. They even asked him on the sidelines who was doing now. Oh, it's. Silver from used to be on the NFL Network doing the sideline interviews. He even brought it up during the game to Heineke. He said, I bet uh, ball security is going to be a uh, conversation <laughs> next week. And Heineke was like, Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. It definitely is. Yeah. Um, so uh, Milton just asked on Twitter, we'll have this discussion with Billy for the 800th time, but it, it's kind of coming down the stretch here. It seems like he asked, What's your favorite new name for Washington football? Again, if they leave it Washington football team, I'd be fine with that at this point. No, I can't. I know you disagree. I, I don't. I don't. And I don't you know. disagree with Red Wolves, which I, I'm fine with as a name replacement. What's your favorite, Billy? I liked Red Hawks. Red Hawks. Red Hawks. All I, right. I think is good. You know what? You know what bothers me most about the Washington football team? The WF. Well, I, I have a lot of things. But. No, the one that bothers me the most, seriously, is the WFT. It's too much like WTF, man. I see yeah. that. And I see Washington football team, and I'm like, because that's us. That, that's that's it Washington. Too close to home. I know. It's us in a nutshell. It's always looking at the Washington team on TV going, <laughs> WTF. <laughs> You're right. Have you watched uh, Hard Knocks at all, Billy? I I have not, but I heard there's uh, a lot of people that are kind of disgruntled with it. As far as it's boring, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the same old thing. Like I feel like, yeah, if, I mean, if, if this was the first time it's ever come out and you watch it, you'll be like, man, this is really cool behind right, the scenes. Right. Now we've seen it so many times that it's it's almost the same story. What is this like year twenty now yeah. or something? It's the third time the Cowboys have been on it themselves, yeah. which I'm like hate watching it. Like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's Dallas. <laughs> Mike McCarthy at least seems like a bumbling idiot to me. I will say that, but <laughs> good luck with all that. But I don't know how they'll turn out this yeah. year. All right, uh, I tell you what, let's uh, let's get a break in. We'll come back and we'll have a, a bit of a mini rundown. We're, we're trying to get the details on this ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12 alliance. There's no contract in place. Uh-uh. It is a gentlemen's handshake agreement how's that gonna work in 2021 i don't understand any of this pat 40 put it good and and said the press conference is over there's uh a lot of questions to be asked and a million loose ends but we'll see how it goes so we'll try to break that down for you also talking more college football nfl a little nascar a little bit everything with billy weaver here hour one of pirate radio live rolls on after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. 
back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday coming up at 4 o'clock. Jason Hamilton, ECU women's soccer coach, going to join us. We'll have some comments from our media day interviews with Luke Larson. He was awesome to talk to, the Aussie punter. Uh, Elijah Morris, Justin Chase, Avery Jones, you'll hear that and more in hour two as well. Billy Weaver hanging out in hour number one. Weave will be alongside after every ECU football game this season on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, taking your calls. And during the break, Weave, we were talking about year three for Mike Houston, and you used your uh, your centipede grass analogy, <laughs> which is a good one. I need to remind it of, uh, reminding of it, so remind us of that one. Well, centipede, when you plant centipede grass seeds, um, the first year they say it sleeps, the second year it creeps, and then the third year it leaps because centipede is kind of what it sounds like. It's centipede grass. It kind of, you know, it crawls. Across, mm-hmm. You know, it, it grows outwards instead of upwards as much. It spreads. So uh, it, it's funny because when I had said that on the show a couple couple weeks ago, I had just finished cutting the grass. And I've got centipede grass at my house. And I thought about that. I was like, you know what? That's a good analogy because that's the way, especially this day and age with college football, guys get about three years. Yeah. And then after three years, the fan base starts to get a little antsy. Um, and you, the fan base can understand that first year, the, the kind of sleep year, because you're going through everything's different coaches are different you're getting acclimated with uh, a system and all that stuff the second year you start to see a little bit more progress the third year you better start taking off if not usually the third year is kind of encompassing of what you're going to see in the next few years now you didn't factor in your grass getting covid billy not not at all i just uh factored in water and feed that's that's it <laughs> and you know. everybody went through a weird year last year so maybe it evens the playing field, well that's but. the that's the thing is because you know we talk about that all the time you know when you're going into a, a football game and you know we're talking about x's and o's and stuff and it's raining and you're like yeah well this is not going to bode well for the pirates because they're a throwing team the ball is going to be wet they're going to have to run well guess what we talk about this all the time the other team has to play in the same conditions and this past year with covid everybody played with the same rules same conditions nobody was exclusive and nobody was was better off than anybody else with this covid thing i think everybody got not i think everybody did get affected somehow yeah with covid some more year. than others and, yeah. and everybody was and that's, affected that's true i mean it's you know it does affect people more than others and has just like the weather affect, affects some teams a little bit more but it's the teams that can acclimate themselves can make the adjustments can hunker down and say look this is what we got to deal with let's deal with it there's nothing we can control about it let's do the best we can and go out there and make it happen if you want to chime in be a part of the show you can do so on twitter or on facebook live mike says i feel like this is step one in the billy's breakfast smash waffles collaboration for game days yeah you know what would be really cool and i thought about doing this at my breakfast truck i really thought about doing this is doing some waffle sandwiches yeah where you do instead of having uh, a biscuit or a bagel or whatever have the the bread so to speak being oh. the waffle so you have sausage egg and cheese in between waffles and drizzle um syrup over it oh yeah Dude. how about some smash waffles with sausage egg and cheese and syrup dribble, dribble that over. is a, eat that? Uh, that is a would i eat that <laughs> Would I eat that? <laughs> like Kirk Cousins. Uh, yes, I would, and I would enjoy it. Uh, Steve, fellow Washington fan, says WFT goes 9-8 and eight this year. If I I'd told take you, that. I'd take it. I don't know if that wins the division this year. Um, well, but that's it, true. I, I think Philly's going to be much better this year. Uh, I, I, I got so many questions about Philly with Jalen Hurts. And honestly, New York should be better. Yeah. But I'm not a Daniel Jones believer. He likes to turn it over too much. Like, 
I don't know about those two teams. I do know that Dallas is going to put up a boatload of points if Dak's healthy. Yeah. And they'll yeah. probably give up a lot, too. So, I, I don't know, man. I that it, Once again, Billy, I think it's going to be I, – I don't think the Cowboys run away with it. I don't think anybody runs away with it. I think it's going to be another tight division like it was last year. Yeah, I think it is. I think all these divisional teams in the NFC East are going to lose a lot of non-divisional games, and then they're going to beat up on each other to kind of figure out who, uh, who wins that division. So, I think 9-8 and – I think with nine and eight, you're in the discussion for a, a division title in that division because it just it hasn't proven over the last few years that anything more than nine or ten wins can win that division. And we're playing the uh, AFC West this year, so can anybody in the in the division beat the Chiefs? Yeah, can any you know the Chargers are tough. The Chargers are the the sexy offseason they team. Are, we've, yeah. and yep. we can put an end to that week one when they go to Landover, Maryland. Uh, to play Washington week one. That, that's an intriguing matchup it already. Is. It is a very intriguing matchup. All right, man, I just love talking football. I don't love this part of it, the the college. I, I love college football Saturday. I hate like everything surrounding it, including these alliances, the realignment, all that crap. Well, today I became official, but is it really official? Did you uh, sign a contract with Pirate Radio, or did we just shake your hand? It was a, it was a handshake agreement. It was okay. a gentleman's agreement. It All really right. was. And it, it, it might work, and it might not. <laughs> I'm here today, yeah. but I'm not guaranteed to be here tomorrow. Just curious. because that's, that's what happens on a gentleman's handshake agreement. That is exactly what just putting that out there. these conferences have done. No contract. <laughs> just uh, I saw like a lot of tweets, a lot of weirdly worded tweets about, look, we just looked eye to eye to one another and said we're going to do this. Like like men or what? I, like, I don't know. It sounds great. Sure, it really does. It sounds very um, very noble. It sounds very old school. You know what? We're we're it's a gentleman's agreement. Handshake. That sounds great. The Pac-12 commissioner said uh, we believe that collaborating together with the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, uh, if we do that, we are stronger in our commitment to addressing the broad issues and opportunities facing college athletics. I'm trying to figure out what all this wording means. I guess it means let's stay together in our conferences. Let's do this rather than Clemson going to the SEC right. or Ohio State joining the SEC. Let's stay in our conferences, stay in our leagues. We'll do this scheduling alliance together, and we all remain intact and and move forward with it that way. I guess that's the idea behind this thing. You know what it screams to me? That everybody is absolutely terrified of the SEC and should be. And anyone that ever says the SEC isn't the big daddy in football, in college football, is is they're kidding themselves. They really are. The SEC is the the Mac Daddy, whatever you want to call them. They are the big dog in college football. And this is the ACC, uh, the Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, what Big Ten, Pac-12. the Big Ten, Pac Twelve. I'm sorry, Pac Twelve is as outside the window looking in, like right. guys. And they're they're on an they're, island, but they're looking for an alliance. They're absolutely. Is this good for the American? I I don't know, and that's the thing is is where does the American fall in this one? And this yeah. is this is the bully on the block in the SEC and the other guys saying, "Yo, man, let's stick together." We talked about that in, in Friday. This All is right, big worm. King of analogies, Billy Weaver's is, got another one here. This is big worm in Friday, if you remember. So the SEC it, is this is Chris big Tucker worm. and Ice Cube. The SEC is big worm. Okay. They're, they're coming after everybody. Hey, big perm. Uh huh. This big worm. 
firm. So this is the the ACC is, is like Chris Tucker going to Ice Cube and saying, "Come on, man, we got to stick together. <laughs> we got to stick together." That is weird. That that's where your mind went, but that is the mind of <laughs> Billy Weaver that'll be here after every game on the fifth quarter. So they are trying. Look, to there they are up on the TV. All the all the commissioners of the or the. Uh, is those all the commissioners? Yeah. Yeah. Of the uh, ACC and the Pac-12 Pac-12, and the Big Ten. Big yeah. Ten. Um, and you said that they're scared of the SEC. They're scared of the SEC in its current form. They're scared of it when Texas and Oklahoma uh, get together. But also they're scared of what it could be when they start adding the best teams from those other leagues. Right. So they're right. like, like you said, we got to stick together. Um, from an article on ESPN.com, it says... The gist of the alliance uh, is a direct counter. Uh, well, it is a response to the shifting landscape of college athletics, but not necessarily a direct counter to the SEC. Um, well, I disagree with that. I think it is a direct counter oh, absolutely. to what the SEC is absolutely. doing. Absolutely, because if the SEC hadn't taken Oklahoma and Texas, none of this, we, we, wouldn't, be, we but, wouldn't be talking about this. But, Billy, uh, I love when the academics come into play. Oh, this is on. an ability to collaborate academically and athletically. What? Come on. These schools together, the highest regarded research institutions. This is actually in the article. So we're Jeez. talking about the academic side of things. When that, it has nothing to do with it, it's all about college football on the field money all that crap yeah this is it's has nothing to do with academics whatsoever question is uh and when does this stuff go into effect well i read a, a tweet that it's going to happen once all the schools individual schools conference contracts come to an end which as we said billy is what 2030 now what if you have what if the acc say an acc school just picking one out of the air north carolina has an agreement with picking sec school out of the air south carolina north carolina and south carolina they play um you know those those are teams that play um non-conference games now is this does this agreement do this does this gentleman's agreement do they go behind closed doors and they say okay you know they talk to the folks at North Carolina you guys have South Carolina on the schedule in two years how about you break that well let's let's how about Clemson Georgia uh, Clemson South Carolina and Georgia Georgia Tech right right those are those big are rival games last game of the season every absolutely. year absolutely big rival games the fans look forward to that is a great question uh, it says the leagues already have sixty eight games scheduled. Uh, to take place between 2022 and 2035. Uh, The three leagues have those games scheduled together. But these schools, like you said, have games scheduled against teams that are not in these alliance conferences so right i don't know how the hell uh, and, and do you do you out. break contract with those do right you, do you go out of there you, gonna be some buyouts you, right could there be buyouts could this be a major deal but the thing is is when there's no signed contracts there's no one's held accountable for for having to do this and it makes sense that there's nothing signed because if you think about it if you take three conferences the size of those three power five conferences there's more than just the commissioners of their their conferences that have to sign off on this thing you're talking about tv deals you're talking about media rights you're talking about apparel you're talking about so many other things and so many other people that all have to be on the same page to agree with this there's no other way to do it than have a gentleman's agreement yeah and i mean if you're wake forest vanderbilt oregon state like 
this sounds uh this sounds pretty good or well, i shouldn't throw vanderbilt in there who's a bad big 10 team uh Rutgers, yeah or maryland like, yeah. if you're one of those this sounds good if you're ohio state and there's no contract here and you want to play a blockbuster game against texas or right against uh georgia to start the season and make all that money uh-huh. who's to say they're not just going to go do that and go get their own piece of the pie that's true and if there's no contract agreement with any of this stuff there's nothing binding well and like usc i know on the field they're not what usc once was but they still have a name if you're clemson with all these championships and you want to play lsu in a marquee game in georgia in 2028 to start the season i don't know i don't know how now where does notre dame fall into this whole thing with their alliance with the acc and football that is a side alliance i watch a lot of big brother billy and they have an alliance and they have their side alliance (laughs) see that's the first thing i thought of when i heard alliance yeah i thought of big brother yeah well notre dame what was the other one um uh survivor yeah yeah the alliance you have your uh your your alliances there that's a good point because they have a side deal with the uh with the ACC, but they are ACC in basketball and other right. sports, right? But, but not in football. football only, whether right. or not. So that except is for a, last year during the COVID year when they were, I guess they full-time. were officially full time yeah. ACC one because, year only. Yeah, because they didn't have any other way to play games since the ACC was only allowing one non conference game for the COVID year and then all ACC games from then on out. Yeah, and they went to so the their, championship. Their hand, right? yeah, their hand was forced in that situation. Yeah. I don't know where they that again. They're one of those schools they, yeah, that make that print their own money with right. NBC. All right. So, but how long will that last? Question. We, we've been saying that for years yeah. too. That can't last forever. But then, you know, and also seem to be running out. We brought this up, but at the end of the day, for us, it comes back to how does this affect ECU, and is it a good thing or a bad thing? It still seems like these. I feel like the Power Five is now called the Autonomy Five for some reason. Um, And it seems like we're getting further further away from FBS schools all being one entity, and maybe they're breaking off into their own thing that we get left behind in that. I don't know. Well, I think it does affect ECU and the fact that ECU has future schedules with a lot of ACCs. Well, with local ACC schools. With oh, North I Carolina can look it up right State, now. You can yeah. look at the future schedule. And who's to say that if this thing doesn't play out the way we were talking about, not with just SEC games, ACC, SEC, but what about ACC and AAC games? I mean, does does North Carolina or NC State say, you know what, we need to make room for a uh, a Big Ten team? Uh, North Carolina needs to make room for UCLA, right? To come right. On the schedule. Right. And so we're going to get rid of this game in 2022. So 2022, uh, ECU will welcome in NC State. 2023, Michigan, Big right. Ten. So how, I mean, <laughs> so that's another one that's that's possibly on the the chopping block. NC State 2025, um, West Virginia is big 12 so that would technically stay in 2026 uh wake forest south carolina there's half the non-conference games right there billy uh, yeah. if the sec decides not to play uh any of these schools anymore uh nc state wake forest 2028 so you've got games spread out the next seven years against right. acc teams one big 10 team how does this news uh, affect that if you're if you're the big 12 and you are on the outside of all this right now do you align with like the American and maybe get Boise some good Mountain West teams and try to do something? Or I, I don't know what this next move is. Or if you're a Resco, do you go to the ACC and you go to um, you know the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and you say, hey, let us in. You know, you start knocking on the doors. You know, we we want to be part of this as well. 
I mean, yeah. will will this allow, alliance allow others and other leagues to kind of join in in the fray? I mean, it could be a situation where every it's everybody against the SEC. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, uh, as far as on the field goes, uh, Brad McMurphy, we just tweeted this out from our uh, Pirate Radio account at free PR927FM. Uh, Brevin Murphy knows a lot about college football. He has ECU bowling this year, Billy, against Coastal Carolina in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. What a party that would mm. be. And I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd hate that. I mean, it just sounds like a fun It'd be a home game for Dirty Time and Dirty Myrtle. Yeah. <laughs> right there on their field, I guess. Is that where that's Yeah, I guess. Uh so ECU bowling. That would be uh the first time, Billy, since twenty fourteen. Hard I, to believe. I tell you what, if you're an East Carolina player, if you're a fan, administrator, coach, or whatever, it doesn't matter if it's the toilet bowl, if it's named the toilet bowl, you'll go. I mean, if you haven't been to a bowl game in this long, you got you gotta go to a bowl game. You gotta win six games if, if nothing if for nothing else for the sanity of everybody involved because you know <laughs> yeah. you've it's been such a long drought and we're not used to that here at east carolina used to going to bowl games every year um and now we've gone a stretch of how many what's it been 2014 14 was the last season so what's that 15 16 17 18 19 20, 20 so it'll be seven years going on seven years uh not going to a bowl game that's just that's tough so I, I would be excited about a Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. Of course, you you know aim high and aim high, much higher than that. But, hey, a bowl game's a bowl game at this point for East Carolina. No doubt. Uh, the week one schedule looks absolutely amazing. You got Clemson, Georgia. Uh, you got a ton of great games on that Saturday. But, Billy, uh, week zero, we're going to show that some love, too. I normally wouldn't watch Nebraska, Illinois, or Hawaii, UCLA. But it's on this Saturday, so I will be watching. Uh, folks, that's right. Real college football games this Saturday, 1 o'clock on Fox. It's Nebraska-Illinois. 2 o'clock, UConn plays for the first time since 2019 at Fresno State. Uh, Hawaii-UCLA is at 3.30. Uh, coming up later in the evening, UTEP at New Mexico State at 9.30. Southern Utah-San Jose State at 10 o'clock. Real college football games, we've something to at least have on in the background right yeah i think hawaii ucla it'd be fun to watch a lot of points probably yeah, in that lot, game. yeah it'd be you know a lot of throwing the ball all over the yard so that's fun. week zero saturday as we said yesterday there's a game next wednesday randomly we'll be watching that during sports trivia at aj's Mar- uh, uh uab and jacksonville state is next wednesday and then of course a great slate on thursday including east carolina app state so it is here folks uh Get ready for it. Yeah, I, I'm just glad college football is back, and, and hopefully in all its glory. You know, it was announced earlier today uh, that LSU is gonna is gonna, I guess, mandate is the word uh, that you have a COVID nineteen vaccination that you show proof of COVID vaccination or a negative uh, test within seventy two hours to enter Tiger Stadium wow. for their opener. See that um, so yeah. that's that's uh, you know, there's been a little bit of controversy about that. Um, but you know the thing is, is, is where do you land on the whole spectrum of things? Do you want fifty thousand people with actually a Tiger Stadium? I think that holds like seventy five somewhere around there. But do you want that many people, or do you want to go backwards and go to you know three thousand people in the stands or whatever? So it seems like LSU is kind of doing what they think is right. Um, they are in the their, SEC, and yeah. we follow everything that happens I, in the SEC. That was so. that was going to be my <laughs> next point because usually the SEC kind of sets the bar on what yeah. happens and stuff like that. And you know this could be the first domino to fall, and other schools kind of follow suit yeah we shall see uh as far as that goes and uh i guess in charlotte billy uh you have to wear a mask when you are 
that excuse me <laughs> i think i just contracted something while we were talking about that uh while you are at an indoor part of bank of america stadium like the right. concourses and the suites and stuff right if you're watching the game outside i believe in you your do seat not need one. Yeah. yeah and there there are some schools that had talked about having them in a sheet unless you're eating or drinking and stuff like that so there's it's it's going to depend on each individual school and how they kind of enforce things and what kind of rules and regulations they have but this thing is we're just getting underway so for anybody to think that you're out of the woods with the whole covid thing and that okay it's all hands on deck it's fifty thousand strong we're not going to have to have masks we're not going to have to social distance all that stuff that's still up in the air i mean this is still a fluid situation where we don't know what's going to as of right now it's looking like full capacity you know you don't have to show a vaccination card or anything as of this moment as of right now but that could still change here at ecu we just don't know yeah you're right still uh a ways to go before that september 11th kickoff against south carolina and Look at this point. I'm willing to do anything to uh, to get football. So I'm, I know a lot of people don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, some do, some don't. But like, uh, whatever. Just tell me what to do, uh, and let's let's get some football going. Well, you know, I'm kind of I fall in the camp that you know I hate to be told that okay, you have to be vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you're losing your job. You're not going to be able to do this. You can't go to restaurants. All that stuff. I, I'm not in that camp at all. I don't I don't like being told that. But then again, I think it's very reasonable that if you go into a stadium like LSU, if you're not vaccinated, then if you have proof that you are, are negative within the last 72 hours, you've had a test, a COVID test, and it's negative yeah. over the last two hours, I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. So Everybody can, here is either vaccinated or does not have COVID. Or doesn't have COVID. Yeah. You know, so showing proof that you're not infected with a virus i think is fine yeah you're not asking uh, too much yeah, there yeah and if and if you're if it's a person like you that hey i just want to i just want to go watch and play you know watch my team play football i don't think it's that much to ask to have a, a negative test yeah so you don't have to go in and get a vaccination if you don't want to all right uh we've boy this is weird i just pulled this up now emmett smith emmett smith is joining yeah. uh an xfinity team as part owner starting to see uh I guess Michael Jordan involved in NASCAR weave. You've probably seen it over the years where oh, yeah. celebrities, well, Brad, Brad other Doherty athletes. kind of started the whole trend yeah. back in the day. Brad Doherty's been in NASCAR now for probably over 20 years. If Brad Doherty, he's probably said this, Weave, if he was six foot instead of seven foot tall oh yeah you think he'd be a driver i, I believe like, yeah i mean i don't think they can get a car that would like fit him yeah uh but he he loved nascar growing up right yeah, yeah. and He's a big uh, nascar fan and then got into it probably during his playing days but definitely, mm-hmm. definitely after his playing days in the nba and uh we're seeing more and more like athletes like I don't know. Pitbull is involved with some yeah, mess, and yeah. like uh, it's becoming more mainstream. At the same time, we we talked about this before. It's uh, it's losing its base. It seems like I don't know how they're doing as far as that goes. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's losing the base as far as it's it's kind of gaining more. Uh, a national attention that way you know nascar has always wanted the national attention that's why they they spread to tracks out in you know went to kentucky texas california chicago places like that they wanted to get out of the southeast well they found out when they did that that they were kind of alienating the people in the southeast that really was the base the you know the true hardcore fans so they kind of got back to their roots with that but they're still a national uh you know a national sport in that regard i think with athletes like this like a michael jordan 
Gordon, like an Emmett Smith, you know, Brad Doherty, uh, guys like that. I think that's good for NASCAR. I really do. I think it's great for NASCAR to have those big names, to have other people that don't know much about NASCAR to come and watch and say, well, hey, if Emmett's in this, you know, let's let's see what this is all about. I think it's only positive for NASCAR. And it seems like they might be trying to come back in uh, to the south and old tracks. Isn't the North Wilkesboro Speedway? I've yes. seen some stories about that, maybe trying to get that back in shape to, to have races. And Rockingham is another one that yeah. a lot of people really like. As a matter of fact, Rockingham actually has been uh, pretty much kept up very well. They've had some uh, some NASCAR, I think, uh, trucks, some truck series races there uh, in the recent past. Um, they are actually a test site as well, right beside Rockingham. They have a little small track that is about the same size and the same dimensions as Martinsville Speedway. There are a lot of NASCAR drivers come there to kind of practice and test um, before they go to Martinsville. And it's not considered a NASCAR-sanctioned event test or whatever. So um, Rockingham could be back in the fit in the in the um, the whole mix of things with North Wilkesboro. Those were uh, that's just mom. That's mom calling. Oh yeah, yeah. She usually calls during the, uh, the usually, press box yeah, hours. Yeah. She okay. she hasn't figured out the schedule yet. Um, yeah, but those those are tracks: North Wilkesboro, Rockingham, um, North Carolina Motor Speedway. Those are speedways that you know Hickory is another another one that nascar drivers grew up around and they really loved and hopefully those will come back billy uh this is the last race before the playoffs begin coming up at daytona so kind of a uh, a flyer of a race oh, yeah. too right so Where... cool because you know I, I like it that the wild card races that i call them on these super speedways because you never know what's going to happen obviously it, it, it takes one misstep one bobble uh, especially from a guy in the front of the pack to you know collect 20 cars uh, it, it could happen so i like that you have these wild card races as the last one going into the playoffs because you never know what's going to happen so kevin harvick is 15th hamlin's 14th but his points are going to have him in right um it looks like harvick's pretty much in just due to points right tyler reddick sitting at 16th. yeah he's but, on the bubble there but uh you've got austin dillon with a chance to point his way in or win a race i'm looking down here dylan matt de Benedetto, I don't know, Ricky Stenhouse, Bubba Wallace, like one of these guys could win at Daytona and take the final spot in the playoffs. It is still unbelievable to me, Billy. After the 2020 of Hamlin Harvick and their dominance, they have yet to win a race this year. Oh, I know, but I, I actually um, I screenshotted something. I was looking at uh, some of the stats. Denny Hamlin right now is the odds-on favorite to win at Daytona, and for good reason. The guy has, has the second most points, right? It, but has not won a race this but year. But hasn't won a race this year, and this sets up well for Denny as, as long as he can stay out of trouble. Uh, but that's everybody at Daytona and Talladega is staying out of trouble. And how do you do that? Do you lay back? I mean, there's so many different uh, ways of thinking. At, at you know, obviously, if you're didn't you say you want to be up front or in the back? That's right. If you're in the if you're in the number one position, uh, the only wreck you're going to get in is the one you cause yourself. <laughs> And yeah. if you're in the very back, you're pretty much far enough back where you can see what's going on ahead. And if all you know what breaks loose ahead of you, you've got reaction time to avoid it. So you want to be either in the back or in the front because at super speedways, you can go from the back to the front pretty quickly. Denny Hamlin's the odds on favorite for good reason. He's won two of the last three Daytona 500s. And before his last race at Talladega that he got caught up in a wreck, he had finished in the top five in six consecutive super speedway races so the guy runs very well uh at talladega and daytona 
he hasn't won a race this season. But of course, I said this last week too about Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick yeah. was the favorite going, or one of the favorites going into Michigan, had won a couple races there going in, and he was a guy that needed to win and could have won. Uh, in Michigan, it didn't happen. Um, so you just never know, and especially a place like Daytona. But Michael if, McDowell if I had to pick one, it would be Denny. Michael McDowell won the 500 in Daytona which earlier is, this year. Which got is, him in the playoffs. Which is not abnormal to see crazy things like that happen um, because you know going back to many days there's uh, I remember Derek Cope won there one time um, I remember being uh, um, was it Jeff Burton that won Daytona uh, after a bunch of mail you know, he was kind of one of the last men standing that's the thing is if you just stay out of trouble you can be in the mix to win a race at Daytona I was trying to uh, pull up a picture here. I went to my uh, in-laws recently, Weave, and there was a miniature NASCAR sitting at the table beside the uh, the bed where I slept, and it was like Starburst and another kind of candy. And I said, can you identify, oh, there it is, this driver, Skittles. Oh, the Skittles, Derek Cope. Skittles, Starburst, yeah. and it was Derek Cope. He and won you always bring up that name yeah. uh, anytime you talk about kind of a wild card winner. Oh, and yeah. Sure enough, that was the uh, the car <laughs> there. That was pretty cool. Derek Cope. Oh, yeah. The Cope Mobile. All right, Weave. Well, uh, thanks for hanging out today, man. We'll, no problem. Uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday and also uh, next Thursday right here on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Calling Show. We're going to spend a lot of time together. We are. And uh, football we had a great high five in our promo video. My hand's still red. Yeah, man. And uh, if we have that kind of chemistry like we did on that five, we're going to have a hell of a year. So let's uh, let's enjoy it, Weave. Well, I, I, I think early going, I think my prediction is Pirates start 2-0. Man. Early prediction. Weave believe Chandler has started <laughs> the movement, and we're ready to go. So I, I want to see those. I want to see those. Uh, hey, we'll we'll tell Troy D and Ellerby that we need some T-shirts yeah. printed up. I think they know somebody that prints T-shirts, don't you? I think University Sportswear could get that. Yeah, I, we gym. believe. I think would be uh, would be awesome after a two and zero start. We believe. All right, take <laughs> us to break, Shirley. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. Get yourself for hour two of Pirate Radio Live. A lot more to go. We're back with you after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful, and that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank & Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank & Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Clip Brock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, and intern Jalen hanging out. we got Jason Hamilton coming up at 4 o'clock as we wrap up this hour uh, all good things must come to an end that included the braves nine-game winning streak which came to an end last night they lost to the yankees hopefully the yankees 10-game winning streak will come to an end tonight when uh, atlanta takes on new york at truest park i also saw this just concluded my second fantasy football draft of august on saturday 
it's a little early to do a draft because you still have more preseason football you still got more practices and you're still going to have more injuries and a uh, a big name today um has been placed a player has been placed on season ending injury reserve that being travis Etienne from the jacksonville jaguars suffered an injury and uh will undergo surgery and will miss the 2021 season so the rookies season ends before it begins he was injured last night in the saints jaguars preseason game so hate to see that stuff it happens every year and etn uh, one of the biggest names uh that has suffered an injury thus far during nfl preseason um got more preseason action coming up this week and then that'll be it the uh, nfl will have uh, a week off before its season begins uh with the regular season but the final preseason action coming up this friday saturday and sunday uh chandler your panthers will play the steelers coming up so another game at bank of america stadium on friday night and then they'll get that turf ready for ecu and app state next thursday but i know you said you didn't watch a lot of saturday anything stand out to you from the panthers game no i didn't i didn't get to watch a lot of it i was at a wedding shower i do know that the the offense you know underperformed they only scored three points i do want to take away from that game is not, not even a panther jake verity uh That's showing right. off his leg in that game and so he's making a case for himself to make a 53-man roster justin tucker said today that uh he would be surprised if jake verity was not on a 53-man roster somewhere in the national football league when the regular season rolls around but the ravens know what they're doing they've done this before they are going to oh, talk yeah. him up they're going to showcase him he's going to be perfect and they're going to be able to trade him for a trade value well look uh, I tell you what, we can take away from that preseason game. Joey Sly continues to slide uh, because, look, he is not being able to connect on not just field goals but extra points. He's he's not being able to uh, kick extra points. And so uh, if we have to, Jake Verity is a guy that needs to be on our radar. But a guy on the defensive side for the Panthers is Frankie Louvu, who is an undrafted free agent uh, out of, I think, Washington State in 2018. Uh, he is performing really well for the Panthers. He comes from the New York Jets along with Sam Darnold, uh, but he has been really good on that defensive side of the ball as an edge rusher for the Panthers. That's a guy that really looked good. He had a sack against the Colts in the first preseason game. He got to the quarterback a lot, uh, the Huntley guy for for the Ravens. He really reminds me of Lamar Jackson, by the way, that backup quarterback for uh, the Ravens. He reminds me a lot of the way he plays and the play actions that they run with him and the read options and stuff. Um, but Frankie Luvu is a guy that I think will uh, be playing a lot for the Panthers in the regular season. All right. Uh, speaking of kickers, Ryan Suckup from the Buccaneers has uh, tested positive for COVID after he went out to dinner, I guess, with some uh, Tennessee players. Uh oh. Uh, they had a, a joint practice, the Titans and the Bucks, and well, Mike Vrabel had tested positive. Yeah, so. Mike v- uh, Vrabel uh, also was positive, and uh, I guess Bruce Arian said that all the the contacts and stuff was from outside the the team facility and all that. So uh, this is something that's going to keep popping up uh, during the season, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I wonder if they'll 
maybe they've already announced this, but the jersey swap at the end of games. I wonder if that will be, you know, well, out of the picture. Kurt Benkert uh, swapped jerseys with another Virginia Cavalier after their I, game I saw that, the other yeah. night. Uh, by the way, we I, we didn't talk about this. Uh, Robbie Anderson reaching a two-year extension. Yeah. You so, happy with that, Jim? Yeah, he'll be uh, – He'll be with the Panthers through the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, I like that. I like that uh that signing there. Robbie is uh definitely gonna be a guy who's gonna be a favorite target for Sam Darnold. One of the only uh passes that Sam had in his one drive on uh on Sunday or excuse me, Saturday against the Ravens. He had completed a fifteen yard pass to Robbie Anderson. Of course he knows Robbie from his days in New York and yeah. I think that's uh we're gonna have Sam Darnold for a while, at least four or five years, and so I think he needs to have that target, that top target, Robbie Anderson, and you know he showed last year that he can be a guy that can wreak havoc, uh, going you know with crossing slants or just with his speed he can go down the field and make plays as well. So I like that signing. All right, good stuff, Chandler. Uh, Chandler Honeycutt will not be here Friday when we talk NFL, so we'll try to sprinkle some in between now and then. Absolutely. Uh, Chandler will be on the call for some Whiteville Wolfpack high school football coming up on friday night all right when we return we will uh, talk some ecu women's soccer with the head coach of the soccer program jason hamilton he'll join us coming off a big win over vmi and coming ahead of a big game you know south carolina's coming to town in football on september 11th the 10th ranked gamecocks will be at johnson stadium coming up thursday night seven o'clock to face East Carolina. We'll talk about that, the season so far, and uh, how everything's going with Jason Hamilton when we return on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, uh, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. Brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across the Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers of Greenville Auto World for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio. Here is uh, your host, Clip Brock. All right, thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Chandler Honeycutt, intern Jalen here on a Tuesday. And coming up later on in the show, we'll hear from some Pirate players, ECU Aussie punter Luke Larson, also defensive tackle Elijah Morris, Pirate offensive lineman Justin Chase, Avery Jones, and some of the coaches as well, Steve Shankweiler, Chris Foster, Tim Doust, and Roy Tesh was able to catch up with all those guys Saturday at ECU Football Media Day. Got some Mike Houston comments to get to, and Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joins us here at 5 o'clock. All that on the way, but right now, we'll talk to the head coach of the ECU Women's Soccer Program, Jason Hamilton, joins us once again inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coach, welcome back. Appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Well, and uh, welcome in. Congratulations on a uh, big win over the weekend, 4 nothing over VMI. Yeah, no, it's been a pretty good start to the year. Uh, really young group, but uh, you know we had a tough one on the road to, for the first regular season game, and I think you know team learned from that and rebounded pretty well. And 
you know, pretty happy with with the performance on on Sunday. Four goals is uh, nothing we'll ever complain about. Yeah, definitely a uh, a great exhibition uh, start to the season for East Carolina with two wins, and then one and one right now after an overtime loss to, at Old Dominion, and then those four goals uh, against VMI on Sunday, four nothing. And uh, like you said, you won't complain about four goals. A huge game coming up, Coach, uh, against South Carolina. 10th in the country as they'll come into Johnson Stadium coming up Thursday night, 7 o'clock. You've had one home game this fall, thus far on a Sunday. Uh, how was the crowd for that that first home game? Uh, to be honest, it, it, was, it wasn't bad. It was 4 o'clock, so it was a little bit later than usual for a Sunday game. Um, I think the uh, freshman students had convocation at 4, so some, some strolled in after that. Um, you know, but I think now that we've got everyone back on campus, we're hoping for some big crowds. You know, moving forward, we got South Carolina on Thursday. That should be a great game. Um, you know, they're they're a good team. You know, usually a top fifteen team in the country, and so we're excited to play them. But we just have a tough stretch coming up. These uh, next five games, really, we got some really challenging opponents that uh, you know we gotta we gotta find a way to to battle and compete with. And it looks like it's Thursday, Sunday, pretty much throughout the uh, the season. Do you? Do you notice a difference on Sunday than you do on Thursday, as far as the uh, the health of the players, the oh, conditioning, all that? Absolutely, it's uh, you know the teams that have the most depth are the teams that that have the most success, and I think this year that is one thing about us is we have a ton of depth. Um, you know, three of our first four games we've played twenty five players, um, and typically in our games we're playing sixteen to eighteen players. So to uh, to be able to use as many players as we have in in the majority of those games, it's really going to keep us fresh as we go on, and then. On Sundays, you know, I expect our team to come out and, and have more energy just because our bench is a little bit deeper. At the professional level, you have pretty strict uh, rules on, you know, playing players from the bench. How about in college? Is it unlimited? Well, it's, yeah, because we're unfortunately the only uh, soccer league in the world that plays two games in a week, um, they, <laughs> you have a little bit more unlimited subs. So you have, uh, once someone comes out in the first half, they're done, and then the second half they can re-enter. Um, but, yeah, you gotta you got to have that in the college game, playing, playing two games this close. Uh, you know, it's, it's new for a lot of our players because last year with COVID we played a shortened season. We only played one game a week, mm-hmm. so all of our our sophomores are used to playing one game a week, getting four days of training, and it's a little bit quicker turnaround here, and uh, you know a lot more on their bodies. Well, that's interesting. Have you and, and other coaches talked about maybe fixing this where you could play one game a week? Is that even feasible? Uh, the the men's side has been pushing for it for a few years. They want to go to a year long calendar um, where they're playing half the season in the spring, half right. the season in the fall. Uh, there's just so many challenges with that, and you know, you know, student athletes graduating mid year, and and you know, them wanting to focus a little bit more on you know our team. We've got a lot of people in medical sciences, and we use that spring to have conflicts with classes that we might not have in the fall, and, and kind of allow them that freedom to to be in in nursing or pre med and all that stuff. Gotcha. Talking to Jason Hamilton here inside the Pirate Radio Studio, South Carolina coming to town on Thursday night, seven oh five. So under the lights there at Johnson Stadium, and uh, coach of South Carolina, a tough opponent, and it looks like you're. Your non-conference has uh, got some tough opponents, and, and of course, conference play. Uh, we know how good the league is from from your previous appearances. You got a, a tough schedule, it looks like this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know we're at a place in in our program now, year four, where we've got a really really talented group. The depth that we talked about. And we have to challenge ourselves in non-conference um, to prepare for the conference. Our conference will have, you know, I think there's already been three teams in the top 25 this year, and I think you might even see one or two more sneak in there when it's all said and done. And so, you know, challenging ourselves with South Carolina and Duke um, that are, you know, 
top 10 teams is, is something we have to do. But then even, you know, looking at High Point, they lost one game last year, and it was in their conference championship, which was to Campbell. And then we turned around <laughs> and played Campbell the next day, uh, the next game. Um, so VCU's always had our number. They're just a super physical team. So we've got a, we've got a tough stretch here, but I think that's going to get these younger players ready for uh, conference play when we start in, in a month. And made a run last year, got to the uh, conference tournament, and I'm going off memory, I believe, uh, semifinals and ran into South Florida. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, so we've uh, two out of three years that we've been here as a, as a staff, we've been to the uh, the conference semis and finished in the top four in the conference. And, you know, I think that's that's a, a really good achievement for our program in this conference. It's a, it's a really tough conference. You know, it's, it's a top five conference in the country. So, you know, we're trying to get over that hump now and, and see if we can get ourselves into the finals. And, yeah, we've run into South Florida both times. And, you know, they've they've really been the top team in the conference these past few years. Uh, we, we talk about it on the football side, Mike Houston going into year three. You talk about going into uh, your fourth season here. Uh, how has you know recruiting changed? How have you tried to take ECU women's soccer up a, a level or two? Yeah, I think uh, this year really shows um, you know that in our sport it's pretty unique. We recruit a little bit further out than than some of the other sports. So you know these these young ladies are, are trying to decide where they're going to school as they're as a sophomore and you know trying to commit that August one of their junior year and so. You know, it's a little bit different. I think, you know, this is the first class that we really got to start from day one within the recruiting process. And, and if you look, I think of our eight freshmen, I think seven of them have started a game so far this year. So, you know, it's a really good group uh, and, and not just people from, you know, local area. We're getting, we've got, you know, Holly Schlegels from Colorado, um, Haley McWhorter's from Texas. We've got a few, few locals, uh, you know, northeast part of the country so we can really really recruit from all over the place and i think with the success that we've had those first few years we're now getting some attention from players a little bit further away that we might not might not have in the past so a young team you still have uh, at least a few veterans or some names i recognize kim sanford uh, most notably coach so who are the uh, the leaders on your uh, your young team this year yeah so i think uh you know if we we look at our sophomores from last year as freshmen because their their year of eligibility didn't go against them so we have 20 freshmen on a team of 29 wow uh, so it does make us young but we've got you know kim sanford's been she's used the extra year so she's in her fifth year uh tori riggs lexi moore um carson parker they're all using the extra year then morgan dewey's uh you know a fifth year senior so we've got some you know we were really freshmen and seniors is what it, it feels like i think we've got you know two juniors and uh maybe three juniors in there so you know it's a really it, it is a young group um but there is that that leadership that's sprinkled in there and you know that's a that's a good group to have as leaders because they've been part of the you know the best program since we've joined this conference and they know what it takes and they're really going to push those younger ones to to go off you know as, as positive as they can in their last year i remember talking to you during the spring about the challenge of recruiting during COVID time so how many of these freshmen you know committed and, and got here to ecu without ever coming to ecu was that the case um, for them no or? so most of them again because they they commit so far out they, they were they able were, to come they're actually committed before COVID. Wow. so it's really the uh you know the 22 class um which typically at this point we'd be done with and and we're well we're probably halfway done right now because mm -hmm. th they could just start coming onto campus in the last few months here and, and us getting out to see players so it's uh you know we kind of hit the pause button we didn't want to do everything based off video and not have you know them get on campus and and see everything so we kind of hit the pause button and we're, we're excited about how that class is shaping up it's going to be another good one Talking to Jason Hamilton here inside the Pirate Radio studios. ECU in South Carolina coming up 
at uh, 705 on Thursday night. If you're out of the area, you can check it out on ESPN+. Plus. If you're in the area, make sure you show up to Johnson Stadium. Uh, hopefully a good crowd for that game on Thursday night. And, Coach, it looks like uh, at least uh, every home game here, a lot of your home games are, are on ESPN+, Plus or either on ecupirates.com. So, folks uh, out of the uh, area will be able to check out your team this year. That's a, that's a good thing. No, absolutely. They did a good job getting us as many games as they could on there. And, uh I think our attendance record at Johnson Stadium was last time South Carolina was here, so we're looking to go ahead and break that again and and have a rowdy crowd out there and uh, make it a difficult place to play. Coach, how about the overall state of of women's soccer, I guess? We'll start at the the highest level, I guess, some disappointment, and uh, Shirley can speak to this, the USA women's national team. Uh, as she rolls her eyes in there. What happened there, Charlie? I'm still mad about it. Yeah, what's going on there? Um, but is that a case where, uh, I don't know, are we not the, the top dog in women's soccer in the world? Was that just a hiccup? Or what do you think happened? Uh, I think it's just, um, you know, there's a few things. I think we, we are the top in the world still, but it's getting the getting the best players in there. Um, and, and, I get, and I think having change. I think we had some players in there who had had so much so much success over the years. It's hard to get players like that out. Um, you know, one, you want their experience, but two, you know, you kind of want them to leave on their on their own. And you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes in a you know in something like that where it's you know you're you're playing in a World Cup or an Olympics, which is every only every few years, like you might have to force a little bit of that out yourself. Um, and and that's that's a difficult thing. And I think that's always been a challenge with with the U.S. national team, just because they've had so much success. But you know, I think it's a little bit of a gut check of hey, it might be time to uh, you know bring in some some younger legs and some fresh faces that are that are out there because there is a lot of talented uh, players playing in the NWSL that are that are young that haven't you know had too many opportunities with the national team that I think you'll see there in the next couple of years and it, it's maybe that kind of happening on the men's side where they have kind of embraced a, a youth movement and and some new talent absolutely there. I mean yeah. there's there's a ton of new faces they don't have people you know hanging around longer than they should anymore and, and I you know they've they've had a lot of success over these past couple of years I think you know there's a lot more people that are excited about the the men's program than they were in the past and you know it's it's you know even for the you know, for the women's team, it's you can't win everything, and so that's you know, true. You, you yeah. gotta kind of just expect them to win. Yeah. Every, yeah. You gotta you gotta take those uh, those you know punches in the gut and and reload and, and just kind of get ready. And so it kind of kind of humbles them a little bit, and I'm sure they'll come come back out and, and have success in the future. How about from a youth standpoint, coach? How much has it grown since you've been you know involved in coaching soccer, and is it where it should be? Are you happy with where women's soccer is as a whole across? Oh, the country? It's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I. 30 plus years ago is when I got involved in the game and um, you know just even the amount of division one programs that there are the amount of clubs that there are um, you know it's it's everywhere the game is everywhere and I, th- I think you know you see that with as much that's on TV not just on the women's side but even on the men's side before you know I remember in my early 20s I'd have to go find a you know an English pub or somewhere to find a game on TV and and now you, you, know, you can barely turn on the TV without seeing a you know Syria game or yeah. APL game it's it's all over the place so that's a great a great sign and you know I think our it's, it's really grown in our country a ton and you know that you know the, the MLS is, is surpassing some of the other sports in attendance and they've got some really good crowds you look at LA and Atlanta and then they've got some good things going on so you know the the sports grown a ton um, and you know it's an exciting you know exciting thing to be a part of so uh charlotte will begin play in let's see 2022 uh charlotte fc uh in the mls and there is a uh you know teams around the state of north carolina um i uh fifa helped me get involved into watching <laughs> soccer the video game uh but really nbc sports uh picking up the premier league years ago 
kind of got me into it because the games were readily available and my thing was coach you see the crowds and and i just thought if they're that into it there's something here that like oh, i'm yeah. that i'm missing as a sports fan that i need to get involved in and i started watching it getting to know the teams getting to know the players and uh it's been a lot of fun one thing i i don't like man i thought it was bad over here in the states but they will fire a coach in two weeks and if uh if your team doesn't have the right around amount of money the uh the players going in and out oh, is tough to keep up with too it, it is cutthroat i mean it's <laughs> it, it's you know you look at the the landscape and the footprint of you know especially in like the in the premier league you're looking at small little towns that you know have these big professional teams and they're you know they're two miles away from another team um so it really is inside the borders of your of your town or your city and so you know those those players are, are seeing people at the restaurants and and at bars and so yeah the the fans are very well <laughs> very well spoken over there and uh yeah they're they want to win and so lots of coaches who uh who are on a very short leash and, and get ran out of town pretty quickly it's uh it's, it's cutthroat i wouldn't want to be part of that and those fans are are passionate and so passionate in fact they were going they were having the super league talk yeah. remember and the, the fans kind of revolted and teams started pulling out oh, due yeah. to that. absolutely so. they've got they've got a lot more power over there <laughs> yeah I, I guess we just accept <laughs> uh if our nfl team leaves town or if something like that happens uh, but it's just a unique uni- unique uh kind of scenario with the relegation right that the, i love the that. bottom teams go down to division two the top teams from division two come up to division one and so you know you are really playing for something because i've seen it, it's you're talking about a hundred of millions of dollars difference when you're one of those teams that gets promoted and so it really is everything in into it which is pretty exciting i know i've told you before i've talked about this i picked swansea city like in 2014 <laughs> and they had a great year with like wilford boney and uh sigurdsson and those guys they were they were good they have since been relegated last year they played for the right to leave the championship and go to the premier league lost in the final game so they're stuck down uh, a notch below the premier league but as you said that the the money difference from that oh, yeah. is is huge and uh so hopefully they can work their way back into the <laughs> premier league one day but uh it is uh, it's fun to, to follow and as you said i think espn is now involved with syria and uh, and some other leagues and you see mls is always on so it is uh and and it's kind of a joke like people smirk at it like soccer is the the sport of the future because i've been hearing about that my entire life yeah and you know now that that football has the injury concerns and all that I, you know the nfl is still number one and probably will be for a while but maybe soccer is starting to, to find its spot on the hierarchy of sports here in america yeah i mean it's it's everywhere else in the world and i think uh you know money talks right and, yeah. and people who who have the money and, and own these clubs they see it and and they're investing and looking at hey these clubs are making billions of dollars in in other countries that maybe it is something we need to uh we need to invest in and and grow the game over here and you're seeing it everywhere because like i said atlanta they when they started their club a few years ago they were they were selling out at the biggest stadium in the mls and la is a, another expansion club and and their fans are you know die hard and jumped right in so it's pretty exciting to see it around the country continuing to grow and hopefully uh charlotte i think will have a great fan base yeah and uh man those scenes are crazy they're uh down in atlanta and portland and seattle oh. and uh th- these fan bases are, are really into it uh east carolina women's soccer back in action coming off a 
four nothing win for nil i guess i should say thursday night 705 ecu taking on south carolina 10th ranked in the country how is uh is scouting coach Can, are you is video readily available on these teams yeah how do you go I mean, about that's that? that's grown drastically over the years uh, when i first got into college coaching you were flying out and watching a team play wow. and that was scouting and then they they kind of went away from that because of uh you know, budget, budgetary restraints that it wasn't fair if you weren't at a school that could afford that. True. Um, and so now, yeah, every game is online. Um, we have a database that that's all the games are shared. And so, yeah, I mean, we've uh, they've only played one game so far this year because of uh, they had a game canceled because of weather. So we've only seen them play once, but we went back and watched all their games from from last year and try and get a, as good of an idea. I think that's one unique thing about this year is you know most of the teams because everyone's coming back yeah um, you know we lost i think three or four players they've only lost you know two so you, you have a pretty good idea what they looked like last year and it's just you know what new players do they have that can that can be impactful but they're just a good very well coached team and every year they're you know they just turn over new ones and get to put a good group out there and we kind of skipped over this part but coach what was your uh, off season like those very few months uh was it work? Were you letting them rest? What was that like? For yeah, you? so they uh, they wrapped up in April and and they had a couple months um, to kind of go off and, and play summer ball and train on their own. Uh, the recruiting opened back up, so we uh, didn't get much of a break at all. We jumped yeah. right into recruiting. So um, I think it was June one and then July one were the dates. I think you could we could start recruiting and then we could get you know people on campus. So it, it was uh, it was crazy for us because we were trying to you know catch up on twenty twos, start with the twenty threes. Uh, and then our players, they come back in, you know, early July and start training on their own and, and working out. Uh, and then we picked up on, on August 2nd. So for us, it, it seemed like it was the least organized preseason. I'm a pretty organized person, so that's uh, that's tough. But um, we're just excited to, to be kind of back to normal and, and getting a full a full slate of games. And, you know, with this young group, getting them as much experience as we can going into conference play in a few weeks. East Carolina uh, taking on South Carolina Thursday night. And, uh, again, the schedule is Sunday, Thursday. You can check it out, uh, ecupirates.com. But uh, all the games will be uh, – the home games – be available to see if you're out of the area on ESPN Plus and on ecupirates.com. And uh, coach, hopefully you'll have a, uh, a great atmosphere on Thursday night. Do they still have the uh, the big drum out oh, there? Oh, it'll be out there. Sweet. Be out there. All right, that'll, that'll be fun. <laughs> Coming up Thursday night. Uh, anything else, coach? We missed today? No, just uh, you know, excited about this group. We've got a very young group and and a lot of uh, depth. So not only excited about how this season develops, and I know we'll have some you know some bumps here and there with a the young group, but the future of this program is extremely bright, and we're excited. Uh, the hammer. You are cool with that nickname, right? You yeah. said okay. Yeah, you don't like fully embrace it, but you're okay with it, right? Like I get, I get a hard time from some people, but uh, it's it's funny. <laughs> and, and I I found out the person who gave it to me, and so that was that was funny that I I had known. It was a student at ECU, and I had had interactions with them and didn't know, and then it came came to my attention that that's who gave me that, and I thought that was pretty funny. It is a great nickname. <laughs> you got to fully embrace it. The Hammer, Jason Hamilton, joining us today. Uh, his team will be in action Thursday night, 7.05 against South Carolina here in Greenville at Johnson Stadium. Thanks for your time, as always, Coach. Appreciate Enjoy. you having me. We will uh, take a time out, come back, talk some pirate football here from Aussie, Luke Larson. Man, I really enjoyed my chat. How in the world did this – guy in his upper 20s come to greenville north carolina from australia to punt we got the full behind the scenes story on that we'll hear that and more when we return on pirate radio live here on a tuesday after this
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We have Mike Houston comments coming up later on in the show. Stephen Ayo hoists the colors. Also set to join us on today's program. And uh, right now, I want to look back at Saturday's ECU football media day. Had some great interviews uh, with the coaches and players and and got to know some of them uh, off the field, including where we'll begin with Luke Larson, uh, a guy in his upper 20s from Australia. What is he doing here in Greenville uh, as a punter? We, uh, we answered all those questions and uh, got to know him as a person and as a punter on saturday and uh, let's hit that interview right now luke larson from saturday's ecu football media day uh luke before we talk football can we get to know you a little bit i'm sure you've told this story but your journey to greenville north carolina how, how did you end up here to be honest it was it was very lucky like i back home at pro kick australia uh they they set you up uh with schools that uh, are looking for someone that has your type of abilities um and mine was more just my age i, I wanted to get out a little bit quicker than some of the other guys so as soon as coach Houston called up and said that they needed a certain type of guy and um, I'd already heard stories about him before about the guy he had at JMU Harry O'Kelly so I knew him previously and just that knowing him beforehand I didn't need um, any other like looking into the place I didn't have to come here I was happy with uh, everything I'd heard previously before I was getting recruited. So it, just, it was just a perfect fit. What sports did you play growing up before American football? Uh, if, if you know the sport, it, uh, I played it. So, <laughs> I, you know, I played tennis, cricket. Uh, Australian rules football was my, my main thing. I swam a little bit, um, you know. It, but Aussie rules football, which isn't rugby, it's a different sport altogether. I, I played that for quite a few years. And, and what made you want to get into to punting and, and do this uh, over here in the States? simple as I wanted education I didn't go when I was 18 I didn't go to college and um, you know I had a company of my own which I gave to my old man before I decided to come here um, and it was just a, a, a luck thing where I ran into one of my buddies who actually was playing for the Philadelphia Eagles and he was back home in Australia I ran into him and I just told him I was going back to college and he put me in contact with ProKick. Awesome. That's a great story. Luke, uh, Coach Houston said a few moments ago that there's a role for you and John on this football team. What's that competition like? What's the camaraderie like between you and uh, John Young? Uh, it's been an interesting one. Um, obviously, you know, I've come into it coming from a sport where it doesn't matter who plays. It's not one guy or the other. It's you've got a team of 30 guys and you've got to make 22 work. It's not one guy in this position and other guys trying to take that position. So for me, it was, you know, this is a team we're, we're trying to play together. And, you know, for him, it may have been difficult having a guy coming in on scholarship um, to to you know, compete against. Um, so that was testing to try and find that balance between us of understanding where each other came from. But, you know, we're here to to win games and it doesn't matter whether he's on the field or I'm on the field. You know, the best guy for that position is going to be there. We're going to see more highlights this year, but we think back to the, the fake punt last year, the run, 
and that energized the team and really led to a, a blowout uh, on SMU. What do you recall about that play? How, how great was that play for you? To be honest, I ran on and I looked up at the scoreboard and I saw fourth and eight and I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to run this one, just hold it as long as possible. Uh, I'd watched a bit of film on SMU and I knew that they were going to try and set up a return against my type of punt that I was going out there to perform. And I just thought that you know Xavier Smith was in front of me. He'd be able to block the one guy that was out. I took three steps and there was no one out there. So I thought, you know what, head down, let's go for it. If you don't make it, you're getting deported. So we made it, and that, that you know the rest, is, the rest is history. We'll, we'll see you next time. All right, Luke Larson has not been deported. Uh, he is still here, and uh, we'll see how the next fake punt goes. Really enjoyed catching up with Luke Larson there Saturday at ECU Football Media Day. We didn't uh, know much about him. Uh, This time last year, we did not know much about Elijah Morris either. In fact, I think they just referred to him as a number out on the practice fields, but he has worked his way uh, not only from walk-on to scholarship, but from a a starter to a a leader on the defensive side of the ball for East Carolina. And we caught up with the defensive tackle, Elijah Morris, Saturday at Media Day. Elijah, uh, what a difference a year makes for you. Honestly, we didn't know a ton about you uh, last year, and... And now we certainly know who you are. How's it been like for you becoming one of the, the key members of this ECU defense? Uh, you know, uh, it's an honor, really, just to, and a blessing to be here and uh, be with this great team. Uh, I, I, I love it, man, and uh, I really look forward to what we're going to do this year. The defense made strides in year one of Blake Harrell. How do you take that up uh, another level in 2021? Well, you know, uh, one thing I think uh, was – one thing about last year was uh, we had a lot of youth, and we still do. So, uh, you know, we have a better understanding of the playbook. So, you know, we could really get fly around, play a lot faster. You know, the game slows down for us. So, uh, And a lot of veterans at the linebacker position and even in the secondary, you guys up front still overall pretty young. How hungry is that group, your defensive line there? We're, we're hungry. I mean, like – we like after after that game, the SMU game. I keep bringing it up. We want to ride that momentum and carry it over into this first game and into this season. So we're we're, we're hungry, man. That's a good point. You brought that up. I remember after that game thinking, man, I wish there was another one next week. I'm sure you felt yeah. that way, right? Definitely. I mean, a win like that and the way we did it. You know, you're ready to go again the next week, and that, that's why I can't wait. I really can't. And you still hadn't really felt it with all the fans backing you, right? How, how excited are you for that? Uh, I'm excited and maybe a little nervous to keep it, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you know, uh, it was a lot different last year. Uh, you know, you play in some of those NFL stadiums like the Eagles and Buccaneers, and, you know, it's, it's an NFL stadium, but, you know, it kind of feels like a scrimmage almost. Yeah. So uh, I can't wait to see this stadium and uh, Bank of America packed up. Yeah, what's the difference between uh, the fall camp you've gone through and these game week practices you're getting ready for? You know, is it tougher, easier? Well, what do you got coming up here? Um, I think the fall camp, you know, you're locked in on a, on the opponent. You're studying, you're game planning, um, and then you're going out there to execute. Whereas in uh, fall camp, you know, we're more – there's a conditioning process almost just getting you ready in game speed and just uh getting back in the playbook understanding the plays that that way we'll be ready for when uh we prepare for game week all right elijah morris there great uh, catching up with that young man uh saturday 
at Media Day. Uh, Justin Chase has a personality on him and also a radio background. You'll hear that now. He was alongside of Avery Jones. It was great catching up uh, with those two offensive linemen together who came in uh, last year. Now they know their way around campus, Greenville, and uh, inside the locker room as well. Justin Chase and Avery Jones uh, two guys that will be uh, likely starting on the offensive line for the Pirates, and here's how they sounded on Saturday. All right, we got uh, Justin Avery here. Justin, you're telling me you got a uh, background in radio, right? Yeah, so. uh, my family own radio stations, um, Christian Broadcasting. We got uh, one in Edington, North Carolina, 100.1, and then we got uh, a few in uh, Virginia and in Mississippi. So got a got a good background in radio, yes, sir. Is this your radio voice or your normal voice we're talking in now? My radio, my my preaching, a little bit of everything. It's good. Yes, sir. Avery, so, hey, you got any experience in the radio land? Uh, not too much. I helped him. I helped him move some stuff out yeah, of the radio help, spot. Help move right. a transmitter. Yes, you did. Yeah, that's, that's about enough. it, though. Uh, guys, what's it like coming in here this year compared to last year? First of all, you 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 know your way around, but secondly, uh, you get a full spring ball, full fall camp, no stoppages. How's it been? We'll start with you, Justin. Man, it's been it's been great, especially for somebody like me and. Even Avery coming in like last year during the COVID year, we're able to meet with Coach Shank more, understand the plays better. So now when we get out there, it's just second nature and you're not having to second guess yourself and what you're doing. So it's, it's been invaluable. Avery, you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel the same way. Me and Justin came in at a weird time. You know, we had to rush to learn the plays and really just jumped into the fire. So I feel like this year we really just took our time learning the plays and really took that next step. Uh, how are you feeling uh, snapping the ball? Uh, you're, I don't know if it's a new spot. Have you done it in the past? And how do you feel? It's been a, a while ago, but, you know, I think um, at first I struggled a little bit, but now I think, you know, just repping it a lot and getting my routine down has helped me a lot, so I think my snaps are pretty good. I asked uh, Steve Shankweiler this. He told me to ask the players. I, he's been around so long, I wonder how he can still relate to guys your age. So what is it about Steve Shankweiler that all his former players really respect the guy and say he's a hell of a coach? Um, I guess I've always been taught since I was young that, like, the best way to engage a man or a person is by his, his word, his character, and his reputation just speaks for himself. And he treats us the same way in the meeting room, off the field, a phone call away. And don't don't let uh, Coach Shanks, like, firm demeanor just uh, play with you. But he is a very – he's a funny man. He's a comical guy. So, yeah. Avery, you've been uh, enjoying your time with Coach Shanks? Oh, yeah, he's a very uh, high-character guy, real technical guy. Really taught me a lot. Um, really cool in the meetings, um, you know, just trying to help us get better, not really coming down on people, you know. Um, we're really just one team, you know. He's really our, like, you know, teammate and coach, you feel me? So, yeah. so there's the technical side. How about the physical side? What's it like going through a workout with Big John or several workouts, I guess I should say? Uh, you, you, you start off walking into the uh, weight room, but after that <laughs> – you army crawling out of there. Your legs are dead. But now Big John, uh, I, th- I love Big John for the reason that, yes, he's a good strength, great strength coach, but then he's a good person outside of there. Somebody can go talk to. You're going through something. Some freshmen could be homesick or different things like that. It's just a good father figure, mentor figure there to be able to talk to. We saw some strides in the O-line in 2020. Avery, how do you take that to the next level in 2021? How do you get this whole unit to improve as a group? I think just um, keep 
building on what we had last year, what we ended on last year, and just bringing up the younger guys, making the younger guys better, building depth, because, um, you know, we need everybody. And, um, you know, when I first got here, Fernando and Deontay were helping me get better. So that's what I try to do with the younger guys now. Uh, I just learned Aldi went vegetarian. Are you guys still eating meat over here? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a diet. Which one? Uh, you know, eating pork chops. <laughs> yeah, so I support the swine industry in North Carolina. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, that's my kind of guy right there. Not uh, not sure I could go the vegetarian route, but I can deal with the uh, the pork chops as uh, Justin Chase supporting the swine industry of North Carolina. Billy Parker, Sam Jones, others. Excited to hear that. All right, uh, tell you what, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. I've got more interviews uh, to get to with the coaches. Steve Shankweiler, Chris Foster, Tim Dows, Roy Tesh. Also some Mike Houston comments. But coming up next, Stephen Igo will possibly join us. He's in the green room. I don't know if he's working. If he's working, he might join us at 5. If not, he might join us at 445. We'll all find out together when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook and Instagram, you can follow us at PR927FM. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at FreePR927FM. Join the close to 50,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We have turned the Mariners game on in the studio, and that means Stephen Igo is here joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Clip nice looking shirt thank you um, we got some on the way right yeah yeah i ordered it it's on back order have you and chandler's shirt on the way well you can get one for shirley shirley new intern i haven't Jaylen? met yet jalen ellerby we're all getting shirts yeah i think I, you first brought this up probably in 2020 so um it's taking a little while like january 1st 2020 mm-hmm but they're coming. They are. Just I never did set a date. You asked what color I wanted. I forgot. You want black <laughs> or purple? Well, it's on the way, so we'll see when it gets here. Uh, Steven, we are a week and two days away from ECU kicking off. Do you feel it? Does I do. It, does it feel like football's here? Yeah, you know, I was just out of the practice field, and it was steamy, by the way. Uh, you could see the steam rising off the ground. It was so hot on the turf field but you know you felt i don't want to say tension but like kind of a nervous energy i feel like like you can kind of feel just i i briefly chatted with the coaches and usually they're in like in camp they were in that happy go lucky mood yeah today they were in a serious mood like it is basically game week and so you can definitely feel it 
you know, all the players that are going to play are obviously in their normal numbers, but a lot of the guys that are not going to play and travel, they're in scout team numbers. So taking pictures today, it was a little challenge to try to figure out who everybody was. I think every single running back outside of the uh, two starters, Rajah Harris and Keaton Mitchell, had on different numbers. So, like, I'm trying to figure out which of the guys is the new West, West Virginia transfer. Um, so, <laughs> Keaton Mitchell told us a little bit about that guy at yeah. – uh, at media day and i didn't know who he was talking about so there's a new running back in the rb room yeah um transfer walk-on transfer from west virginia lorenzo door guy who's uh he's got one year of eligibility left and you know played special teams played a little bit of running back didn't play a whole lot at west virginia but he he brings you an older guy that's been around that's been in a college weight training program you know he's used to not being the starter so he knows how to come in and you know, basically serve as maybe a third or fourth stringer, but also be ready to go. You know, watching his highlight tape of his practices at West Virginia, I mean, he he's pretty impressive as a runner. So I think if you're in a situation where you have to give him a few carries, he can contribute. Uh, we will talk to Ethan Joyce coming up uh, on Wednesday's show. He is a sports reporter uh, for Appalachian State at uh, the Winston-Salem Journal, and we'll get a scouting report on uh the mountaineers i go as we uh start to talk about game week i think about scout team i think about who's the opposing team's quarterback what kind of quarterback is chase price appalachian state qb he was on his what third school been to clemson been to duke now at appalachian state uh what do we need to know about him what what does what does the uh ecu defense need to know about chase price you know pretty i guess as standard as a quarterback as you get in today's college football he can run a little bit i don't know if you call him a true dual threat but he's athletic enough to to keep it and run every now and then but he's probably more of a passer coming out of high school he was a highly pretty highly recruited kid went to clemson he i think he was just shy of being a four-star and then he ended up actually coming off the bench behind i want to say trevor lawrence and leading the tigers to a few victories can't remember what games they were but anyways you know he wasn't going to start over him so he was recruited while they had watson and lawrence i guess yeah played for grayson which is a powerhouse program in, in georgia um so you know a guy that was highly recruited went to duke really and a lot of people expected him to be a really good quarterback and just really struggled especially with turnovers man he 10 touchdowns 15 picks 15 picks and i think he had six lost fumbles he was uh he he struggled and you know i think app is looking at it as a situation like okay he's going to come here he doesn't have to be the guy because we have an a thousand yard rusher our offense relies on running the football i'm sure they're thinking we can run the football first and he can use play action use his mobility uh, his, his skill set to really succeed in their offense and in theory that makes a lot of sense if you're ecu your goal is to put him in third and long and see how he handles it was it a byproduct of being you know not surrounded by the best talent at duke compared to the rest of the acc can he succeed with better talent around him at app state compared to the rest of the Sun Belt? so you look at app's entire team i mean they have got a really good football team from top to bottom but the one big question for them is the quarterback and you know they think that they can they have enough talent around him where he doesn't have to play hero ball but it's a it's a he's an unproven commodity at this point here is here is a what's going on i said he's an unproven commodity ah 
yeah I, I was so ready like about midway through your answer i start developing my next question right and i don't listen to you anything don't you're saying anything saying. Well, that's judge well you're such a good guest with great insight i'm assuming what you're saying is right and i don't need to combat in any way okay so that's i got fair. a lot of trust in you um i go probably too late at this point this is a june july early august article idea for you but like ranking uh the quarterbacks ec uh, will we, face we've done that you have done that we have done that awesome where did chase bryce land near the bottom wow okay i want to say that he was ahead of the south florida quarterback ahead of the temple quarterback ahead of the charleston southern quarterback and that may have been it you know why don't we Google behind navy uh, who is navy's quarterback same yeah. guys last year no they have a couple guys i think xavier arline is the favorite okay let me look up the article and i'll let you know all right uh so we will talk more app state football coming up on a wednesday show with ethan joyce uh come- uh, got it <laughs> he is ranked ninth out of 12 wow he's ahead of dewan mathis from temple xavier arline slash ty lavate slash masai Maynard from navy and ahead of Jack Chambers. He is Charles behind Center. South Florida's quarterback. He is behind Cade Fortin slash Jaron Williams. And Cade, Cade Fortin, Fortin, by the way, has been named the starting quarterback. Who I'm pretty sure is uh, Chipper Jones' son. He does look quite like He him. looks like a young Chipper Jones. I'm surprised that he won that competition because they brought in that Miami transfer, Jaron Williams, former starter, with the U. And sounds like Fortin had a phenomenal offseason to beat him out. So he was the starter, then De'Eric King from the American went in, and now that guy is in the American at South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Not starting. Not starting. Uh, Steven Igo is here. We got a couple minutes. How do I want to wrap up this uh, conversation? Talked about a serious tone of practice this week. They'll have uh, practice next week. Mike Houston, I heard him uh, on the Brian Bailey show do his Ruffin McNeil where he said, sunday is a thursday and wednesday is a friday and all that stuff so they are preparing for game week next week where everything is going to be pushed up uh a tad with the game being on thursday but i go they'll have what practice today tomorrow how many practices do they have left uh before the season opener i think they have to take a day off every week when the classes start and so at some point this week they will take a day off because they practiced yesterday I don't know when that day off will be. I would assume Saturday. They would take Saturday off and then come back Sunday. But I don't know. Like you said, the days are all mixed up. Um, But basically every day between now and kickoff will be a practice except for one day. Are the practices lighter than they were in fall camp at this point, or is it about the same? Yeah, definitely lighter. Definitely, you know, they go live, but they play it smart. I mean, you don't want to get anybody hurt at this point. Usually you have one really physical day per week, and it's not going to be as physical as it was probably in preseason camp, but it's going to be pretty close with the way Mike Houston runs things. But um, usually you go physical on Tuesday in a normal week. So I guess Sunday Sunday they would potentially do their fully padded practice. Yeah. Gearing up for ECU Appalachian State, we'll talk to uh, Stephen Igo live on the Bud Light pregame tailgate on location in Charlotte. I'll be there. All right. Well, uh, we'll get you on the phone at some point during our four-hour 
pregame show, which will kick off 3.30 next Thursday right here on Pirate Radio. All right, let's take a time out as we wrap up hour number two, hour three. Igo is around until he has to head out to ECU football practice. And we got some Mike Houston comments for you as well. We'll open up the Pirate Radio booty bag and make you a winner. Big hour three on tap. We'll get Igo's thoughts on this alliance. And uh, talk more Pirate football. If you have a question or a comment, chime in on Facebook Live or on Twitter or give us a call, 317-1250. We're back hour three of Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 20 locations to serve you quality equipment is open in winterville next to sam's club or visit online at qualityequip.com to find the location near you now let's head back in to pirate radio live here's your host clip rock all righty hour three of pirate radio live here on a tuesday get our bud light ecu report brought to you by bud light grab a bud light today at your favorite retailer Great for game day, great for any day. Bud Light, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. It is game week eve as uh, we are almost a week away from kickoff, a week and a couple of days from the Thursday opener, September 2nd, Pirates and Appalachian State Mountaineers at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. The Panthers will play their second preseason game coming up this weekend i go so only two games on that new turf i didn't look to see if there were any complaints or even compliments on the turf at bank of america have you thought about that at all or read into that at all i honestly have not have not thought about it other than the fact i know historically ecu plays much better on grass than turf what are the records i don't know but i promise you that it's better on grass i saw somebody i believe juan on uh twitter says he's listening and just waiting to hear Shirley play Are You Nervous? So I think now's a good time to do it and ask Steven Igo, is he nervous about ECU playing on turf? Are you nervous? Yeah. Steven, are you nervous? Does the app play on turf? Like game surface? I'm going to say yes. Are you nervous? We just found, uh, might have just found a, a key component to the game we have not talked about yet, and that is the turf and Appalachian State uh, at Kid Brewer Stadium. How do I find out if they it play just on say in that little right hand box? All right. Uh, so the practice fields are turf, surface. Field turf. Oh, I see. Field turf. Uh, played on AstroTurf from 1970 wow. to 2002. They now play on field turf. ECU does have a practice turf field. They can practice on that. I would assume they would. You don't want to do it too much um, because, you know, I think you want to practice on natural gas. Natural gas. <laughs> yeah, you want to practice on that. <laughs> 
You are you nervous? Instead of synthetic fuel? You you want to practice on natural grass to save your guys' legs. Uh, it can be tougher on the knees. I mean, but turf for the most part these days is yeah almost like grass. But you even heard Xavier Smith say earlier this week, a defensive player say he likes to play on natural grass because more times than not, you can stick your foot in the ground as an offensive player and cut better and it leaves the defense at a little bit of a disadvantage so i feel like ecu plays better offensively when they're on the road on turf but defensively it's harder for them they look slower on turf defensively over the years uh are you buying in i go to what i'm selling that this defense is going to not only be better but be good in 2021 be a factor i think they have a chance to be good you know, I, I, I want to see certain things take place before I say they're definitely going to be good. What I, do you want to see? A pass rush? I want to see a pass rush. I want to see safeties be consistent. I think they have as much talent in the safety room this year as they've had since the Van Eskridge days. Hmm. Like, it's just, it's been so long since ECU had a consistent dependable set of safeties i think i saw it i don't know what i was reading on hoist the colors but one of the uh threads that somebody said this will be the best uh defensive back group since van and emmanuel davis <laughs> yeah i guess is uh is travis simmons in that era he was he was that uh that tulsa the team that beat tulsa that was van travis simmons emmanuel davis and who was the other safety Dakota Marshall. Dakota Marshall was on that team, but they had somebody else. Was it Leon Best? Maybe. Yeah. It was after Kyle Chase. Yeah. So Leon Best were one. He did. Yeah. That was good. Good work there, Chan man. Um, Last year, East Carolina gave up thirty-five points per game. Stephen, what is a uh, good number for them this year? Can they get to thirty-two? Can they get to thirty? I think if they get to just under thirty or around thirty, that would be a a noticeable jump i mean they gave up close to they gave up 40 plus in conference action in 19 and, and lowered that number drastically so i think that they can make a, a noticeable jump i mean the problem is you just playing so many good offenses i mean app state is really good you know south carolina i think they could they can handle if they can handle that rushing attack but for you know the one thing that worries me is the d-line against the running game because i feel like at times ecu does over pursue because they're so aggressive against the run on play action so if they can limit that and not get burned or beat too much on play action which i think app is going to try to do a lot of i think they've got a chance to really contain appalachian for the most part what are the elite teams allowing per uh game in college football in 2020 2021 well cincinnati allowing just under 17 points per game 16.8 alabama 19.4 against some really good sec offenses clemson 20 points a game so that that's still a really good number but in this day of college football you give up 28 points a game you're in a lot of games and you're you're winning a lot of football games i mean nc state had a good year last year they gave up 29 a game yeah, I mean, if you give up anything in the 20s, I think you're happy with that, especially based on what we've seen in past years. I mean, if you told Blake Carroll that they would average 30 points a game giving up, I don't know if he'd be happy. I feel like the expectations within the program defensively are, are pretty high. You know, they're not going to come out and say we expect to be dominant defensively or own games defensively, but I almost feel like the way the demeanor of the coaching staff, they feel like they got a chance to be really good defensively. I think they're optimistic based on what they've seen 
the the secondary is the thing that I think has made the biggest jump. And pass rush is important. Like I feel like football, so much these days, you have to be able to rush the passer. You have to be able to to cover. I mean, the linebackers are important, but the game is so much more passing the football and playing in space. So, like, it's it's very hard to be a dominant linebacker. So you almost have to have either a dominant secondary or a dominant pass rush to have a really good defense. Will ECU have a dominant secondary? I don't know, but I like Jaquan McMillan. Jawan Powell has looked phenomenal in both scrimmages I've seen. Like, he just looks like a totally different player. You know, both your starting safeties last year are going to be backups to begin the season in Dorso and, and Saba. Hmm. So, I mean, that kind of speaks to the level of, of, of growth you've seen in the secondary. Uh, while I'm looking at these stats, I go uh, an ugly number for East Carolina in 2020. Pirates giving up 201 yards per game on the ground. Now, that is better than Bowling Green, who gave up 310 rushing yards a game in 2020. So it could be worse, but uh, that number has to be a lot better. That starts up front with your defensive line, which when you look at the position groups on this 2021 ECU football team, the most questions lie on that D-line, correct? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. The, you, you have talent, you've got size, but those guys have to go out and execute. And, you know, they just really struggled last year to, to contain the run. They also had some misfits at the, the linebacker spot, which I think second year in the scheme really helped them. Um, the Sam linebacker, like Jaira Wilson, Gerard Stringer, whoever's playing there has to be more consistent in fitting the run. Uh, they've, they've, they've just got to be more consistent. And, you know, the way they do play defense where it's more of an attacking defensive front than read and react, you will give up a big run every now and then, but they can't give up the the gash runs they did allow at times last year. Now, it was still an improvement over 19. 19, they just got mauled in the running game. You know, last year they did show some ability to get into the backfield, make some TFLs, get off the field every now and then, but they do have to be more consistent. But, you know, you would expect that with basically an entire brand-new defensive line last year. Yeah, Pirates uh, allowing 207 yards a game in uh... – 2019 and the pirate defense uh i think showed an uptick in 2020 and now with a full offseason with blake harrell we'll, it's important uh, to remember the 19 season was skewed by william and mary and gardner webb hmm. you take out those two games and it was horrendous yeah and this is why there was a coordinator change last year too like I, I don't know how many yards navy had against dcu i don't recall but like they actually played pretty decent against navy's yeah rushing attack i mean it was you know, th- that's the thing is, like, we thought it was a, a good showing. Talking to the coaching staff, they expected it to be even better based on their knowledge of the, the option. And Navy did some things in that game where they're just such a good coaching staff, they pretty much adjusted and went to a play they hadn't ran all year based on how defenses – or ECU was playing it. And by the time ECU figured it out, it was too late. Here's the one that got away, I go, right? Yep. Georgia State. The play action in that game, man, they killed – ECU early um Cornelius Brown and they also hit some big runs late so they got to be 247 rushing yards for Georgia State and that's a you know Georgia State plays some some similar styles that App State does and they're coached by an offensive line coach which App State is so there is some similarities there so I think we'll be able to know a lot in the opener how much improvement ECU's made and I didn't want to be like uh, you know a uh, as a creature of the moment a you know make a the a, sky was falling after that game dude that was one of my lowest points 
and following ECU football. Like I probably had lower in the, in the Scotty era. And what other was times. the spread for the next game, ECU South Florida? You know, I was thinking about that today. Do we if, have the uh, if Chandler could go grab the Phil Steele from Ellerby's room, everybody's talking about how big the spread is for App State and how it worries them. But I want to know what the spread was for South Florida and what the spread was for uh, App State or uh, for for SMU. Keep talking. Bless you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for picking me up there. Um, that spread is dropping, by the way. I've seen it at ten now. It's going to get inside double digits by the time we kick off. I mean, I definitely don't think if you, based on what I've seen, I'm not just saying this because I cover ECU. I think App State's really good. Thank you, Chan I don't man. Think App State is ten points better talent wise than ECU. Now, the thing that does concern me and makes me nervous is they do have a winning culture and they expect to win, and they're going to go into that game confident. ECU has got to find a way to match that that culture, that confidence. You know, you say it; it's easy to do to say it, but doing it is a whole different deal yesterday brian bailey when he was on said you know what if uh what if app state goes in and, and overlooks ecu and i was like wow what what a role reversal yeah. from where we were just what 10 years ago it is eight years believe, ago man. that that could be something said you would say the complete opposite of that uh just five you know not five but seven ten twelve years ago do you have your answer uh south florida was a six point favorite going into that game the georgia state game by the way was the even spread mm. smu is a 12 point favorite before getting smacked um is your point that they don't always get it right yeah mm-hmm. the unc was a 16 point favorite in 2018 at east carolina ecu won that south florida game by the way 44 to 24 uh big day for rajay as he had uh and that was the game yards. that made you know south florida was not good but that was the game that made ECU fans feel a lot better because they've struggled so much against South Florida over the years. And in conference play and on the road, and you kind of checked yep. all those boxes uh, with one win there. All right, let's take a timeout. One more segment with Steve and I go from Hoist the Colors before he is off to ECU football practice. We'll be covering post-practice as well, so make sure you are locked into our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll have the videos up in their entirety on YouTube at Pirate Radio TV as we continue to get you ready for the upcoming football season. Our Bud Light EC report rolls on when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. 
about. And if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, a pool walkway, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call at 364-1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes Outdoor Showroom on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Soak Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you. One more segment with Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors. New VIP chat up uh, from Monday on HTC and a lot of other uh, great stuff. Igo covering uh, football and uh, getting you ready for the season. Stephen, uh, a name to watch. You know more about this than I do, but a name I've heard quite a bit, read quite a bit. You've talked about him. Um, and it might be tough to find a spot. You said this is a, a great safety group, but Tegan Wilk, his name keeps coming up. Will he be a uh, a player for the Pirates in 2021? I think he'll definitely have a role somewhere. I mean, that's the thing. How do you work all these guys in? Warren Saber, Tegan Wilk, Sean Dorsey. You know, just based off the limited availability we have, Tegan, for me, is is one of the surest tacklers on the team. Every time I've seen him approach a ball carrier, he's getting them on the ground this offseason. Big hitter. Has noticeably gotten stronger. Um, not the fastest safety in the world, but almost like a... You know, he's kind of more of a Sam skill set-wise than like a safety who's going to cover a lot of ground, but he also has good natural instincts, so he can play the safety spot. So... I think he's definitely got a, a, a very bright future in this defense. I think after DJ Ford is gone, he could potentially step into a, a full-time role. But uh, I think he definitely will have a, a role, and he, he's a perfect special teams player. I, I'm a, I just would love to identify a breakout guy before it happens because you're always asked about it. All right, who is our – who's Elijah Morris this year, a guy we, we hadn't heard of? Who's uh, – who's the nate harvey of this team and it's impossible yeah. to say because yeah. we didn't know who those guys were really uh before they became breakout stars so. even the coaches didn't know who elijah morris was I they mean, were calling like, him by his number yeah. right but like, he had a bad team? number too 60 and he changed it yep. to a, a cool defensive lineman number uh how about linebacker position there's so many knowns there but and miles berry i think has turned into a known just because his name's been mentioned a lot but i don't know you i know you were excited about eric doctor coming into the program is he a a play he's wearing 44 zeke bigger maybe make some special teams plays for the pirates i think he's a guy that they're still trying to figure out kind of exactly where he fits because he's 245 250 pounds like he's he almost looks like a defensive end playing stand-up linebacker but i mean he's probably good against the run due to that size i think him and taylor jackson have a role in the coming years taylor jackson's another guy at inside linebacker that's young quick experienced uh from last year got his feet wet that i think has a chance and jacoby simpson i was looking at him today he's a juco kid they brought in sophomore uh he's out right now with an injury but he'll be back soon he was standing off to the sideline today and that dude is he's i mean he's built too so i just feel like they're two and three deep across the board and what it does clip is it creates the opportunity for a guy like jackson a doctor and simpson to play special teams and yeah go all out on special teams and and build your depth that way we've got the uh pirate radio podcast uh players lounge edition coming up at six o'clock and uh that reminded me of uh dj ford yesterday when we were talking about special teams said he was asked he wants to be on special teams yeah. and i think you'll have a nice mix of of starters and backups depending on how coach houston coach dallas wants to do it but with all the depth they've created you got a ton of options there uh and we talked about this with tim dallas but at the linebacker and, and safety and, and corner position 
linebackers, safety, corners, receivers, receivers. those are the guys that are going to play a lot on special teams and running backs as well. So I think you've got tremendous depth at most of those spots, and there's a, a there's a role for all those people. You know, Coach Houston said it's going to be tough to to whittle it down to 72 guys to travel with, and it really is because in, in years past it hasn't been that tough because you're – your starting safety has been your best special teams player or whatever and now you want to utilize maybe your second or third team guy um like taylor jackson he to me is the ideal special teams guy demetrius mooney's the ideal special teams guy and both those guys are basically third stringers on paper and so how do you work all those guys into the travel roster uh, i would love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations uh we had our spring darling at receiver carrie king wearing the 17 like terry scary carrie he's been out with a wrist injury oh man well that kind of gets to my point i feel like we haven't had a fall camp darling at receiver it's been sneed cj omatosho and is that by design are they trying to hide somebody for i kind of like it because now i don't have um high you know way too high of expectations for somebody going into the season but we know i go somebody from this group is going to emerge this season oh yeah. I, I mean you're gonna have who is who's the best candidates in your opinion savage uh, I know you like him. I, I like both those guys in the screen right now jari patterson jari patterson and tyler savage i mean basically tyler sneed told me the other day he was like jari patterson is still figuring out the offense but when he gets the ball in his hands he's electric um he can make things happen so you know the 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 problem is how do you get him on the field because yeah. he's back up tyler sneed and he doesn't really know the offense right now uh, as far as what all he needs to do but savage is a guy just talking with people that i think can make an impact i mean he's a big receiver it sounds like taji hudson's really come on strong in the last week or so um you know with a couple guys out just cam Burnett has missed some time so interested to see how it's going to play out because i do feel like after the the top three receivers like there's just a lot of unknown there to be sure we've seen hatfield make yeah, plays but to be sure one of those other guys emerges like they're gonna they can't just roll with four receivers the whole game yeah and at the tight end position um we're kind of excited all right big battle here all these new faces and shane calhoun uh apparently he's just kind of kept his spot right as the top tight end which i'm i'm happy about that too Remember we were talking about the the guy from uh, Virginia Tech going into that game. Boone was it that? Yep. The tight end, the all world. He's gonna line up everywhere and kill ECU, pounds. and then he didn't do anything. I was kind of scared we were gonna do that with with Ryan Jones going into the year. And I, you know what? I wonder if uh, they are trying to keep some things under wraps with guys we don't know about that will be making an impact uh, nine days from now against App State. You know, I talked with Latrell Scott at Media Day, and um. He basically said Ryan Jones over the last week has come on strong and he's going to be the number two tight end. Now, I think you'll see Aaron Jarman and Zach Bird both play, but he made it pretty clear that Jones has that ability and he's really starting to put it together to where he's got a chance to make an impact. So I think you're going to see you're going to see three tight ends a lot. Calhoun, Jones, Jarman. I think Bird will get in some looks. I mean, I saw two tight end sets multiple times in the most recent scrimmage seen three tight end sets so they're going to do some different things and 
Really looking forward to just seeing how they incorporate those guys. Steven Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us. About to um, head off to ECU football practice as the Pirates getting an afternoon practice in. I guess that that's the schedule for the season, Igo. The game week practices are going to be late afternoon. Yeah, that's how it's always been. Other than the one year under Scotty Montgomery. Right, you don't have to be condescending. No, I was just saying. I know you were, but it was very condescending. That's how it's going to be, and you know, as far as I know, clip that will not change. Um, <laughs> it's been like that nine out of the last ten years. <laughs> All the right, one, the one year that I'll tell you what, though, the one year for as much flack as Scotty Montgomery has taken, the morning practices in season were amazing. We were done with the interviews at like ten thirty. We had the rest of the day to write. Now we have to wait around past supper do interviews from like 6 to 6 30 get home have a late dinner work past supper have a late dinner are you gonna be out there are you gonna use the excuse you have a show to host i'm going to be hosting this program they do not want me out there so they have scheduled practice so i cannot be there but pirate radio will be well represented all right uh jenny taking on multiple roles these days she's she's been awesome producer photographer yeah press uh, conference reporter asking questions analyst last week analyst? while chandler was gone i mean i don't know what she's making but she deserves a raise chandler's kind of like the george stringer and jenny is the gyro wilson here you are out but i'm back baby <laughs> and your job's in jeopardy whose job uh gyro wilson's having to <laughs> wait gyro wilson's job's in jeopardy no, it's not. But he's having to—he's being pushed by Gerard Stringer. That it is. So your job's in jeopardy. Well, Gerard Stringer right now—he's out—he's out, he's out um, oh. with a concussion. Let's uh, talk so, injuries. I go. Who else is hurt? Uh, he's out. Jacoby Simpson's out. A couple of the guys are banged up. Hatfield, I think, was back today. I, I don't want to say that for sure because I didn't notice him, but he wasn't standing off to the side, so I don't know. I don't think there's any long-term injuries right now. Here's uh, one from key guys. that listeners want to know. Where's Travion Freshwater? What's he been up to? Uh, he's he's on the defensive line. And, you know, as far as in the scrimmage, he was running mainly third string. So, I don't know where that puts him as far as the rotation for the season. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of a shame, right? Like, we just we had some expectations for him and uh, hasn't met him yet. Not to say he won't, but uh, just as of right now, kind of a non-factor on the ECU defense yeah i mean until he goes out there and proves it 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 is what it is there are so many other defensive linemen in the program you don't you don't you're not counting on travion freshwater you know if he finds it and hits the rhythm then that's all the better but you know he's in his third year now he's been in the program second year in the defense like at some point he's got to emerge as that guy if he wants to be a uh, factor steven do you remember when you were a kid and you you knew what preseason and regular season was but you still thought the preseason mattered as far as how good a team is? I never thought the preseason mattered. Well, you do this year because you keep telling me the Denver Broncos are the best team in the NFL. You know, the more, I mean, they are the best team in the NFL this preseason, <laughs> but the more I think about it, the, it means the worst they're going to be because they're legitimately out there in the preseason being like, we have to play well to get these jobs and to, you know, there's so many jobs up for up for grabs. They're playing so many starters, playing all these people. Sixty-three to nine. In I mean, two they games. had just hammered teams. Now, the one thing I am legitimately excited about is the defense. 
The defense is going to be good. You want to talk about rush and cover? The Broncos can rush and cover people. Are they really thinking about starting Teddy Bridgewater over That's Drew Locke? The, the word is uh, the word is, and this is the unofficial word, but in Denver, you know, the rumor is Vic Fangio wants Teddy Bridgewater because he's in the last year of his contract. He wants to play defense, get a safe quarterback. The word is the GM, the management, they want Drew Locke because he's got more upside long term. So, like to me, Teddy Bridgewater, you're probably going to go around 500, Mad Max. Drew Locke, you could go 11 and six or six and 11. Well, it sounds like Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback for your team if you think you have an elite defense. I mean, on paper, yeah, but you'd rather see Locke. I'd rather see Locke. Yeah, I, mean, I have um, nothing against Teddy. I hope he does amazing, but I'm just not excited about Teddy Bridgewater. This is really strange. Every AFC team but Jacksonville has a plus differential, uh, point differential. Every <laughs> NFC team has minus. That just looks weird, right? So the NFC is going to be garbage this year. I mean, if you look yeah. at the... NFC East looks just like it should. Yep. Washington's 1-1. One and one. Every <laughs> other team has not won a game. This is a sign of things to come. <laughs> and guess what? A lot of primetime games for the NFC East this year, Steven. Of course there are. I can't wait for Eagles, Giants, Sunday Night Football, whatever week. Yep. Cowboys, uh, Washington. Uh, Thursday Night Football, week two. Giants, Washington. It's going to be a oh, great yeah, game. Oh, yeah. I love that game, <laughs> especially after the Broncos open with the Giants. All right. Uh, your Mariners up 3-1 to one in the sixth inning over the A's. Big ball game. Because if the Mariners win, they will cut the A's lead in the wild card to one game and get closer to the Red Sox, which is who they're chasing right now, right? That is correct. And they have seven more games remaining with the A's after this. They have a three-game series against the Red Sox in Seattle. You know, the Mariners just, they aren't very good, but they keep finding ways to win close games. And every time I say they're dead, like they'll they'll get embarrassed they lost to houston like a combined score 34 to 3 and then they come back and win the series finale in extra innings and then they come back last night and rally in the ninth to beat the a's so they just keep finding ways to win close games and they keep getting blown out so their run differential is like historically poor for a contending team so i hope they make the playoffs just so all the baseball prognosticators like freak out about it minus 60 in the run differential right now been really good at home two games under 500 on the road that is your 2021 mariners all right anything else going on i go how's uh slater i go doing slater i go is good um got a lot of people coming to visit checking them out yeah i mean i've thought about that but like i want to give you all time and i want to go like when he can do something yeah you know right now you basically just hold him and look at him and pass him on so i mean i would say wait until he's picking up a bat Uh, yeah that and like when you can say what's that Oh, yeah. Did you tell him I said, was I? I did not. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I want to go when you can say, hey, that, that's Mr. Clip. Can you say Mr. Clip? And be like, Mr. Clip? And be like, oh, that's so cute. He'll probably be too scared to talk. Why? I don't know. He just seems like he's going to be a shy kid. I go, you, <laughs> you can't judge that from. I'm just messing. <laughs> no, you're not. You really think that. I don't know. <laughs> and you it's, can't judge that. I think actually this he's, early. he's pretty. Uh, He's pretty alert, so I think he's going to be a, a boisterous child. Well, I mean, I think you'd rather have a shy kid. I think so. I don't want him, like, running around starting rampages. Yeah. What kind of kid were you? I was, I think I was pretty tame. And you had, and your brother was the, uh, he was, one. he was wild, but I, you know, we were both wild. I just remember we grew up playing football in the hallway. 
my dad would get on his knees to make it even <laughs> and we would be standing up great times and we marked up the hallway yeah played some basketball too but it was a good time let's do that next time we uh hang out that works all right sounds good let's take a uh we'll see how i go we need to uh take a time out we need to make somebody a winner though shirley Rhodes, and open up the pirate radio booty bag booty 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 everywhere booty 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 everywhere 317-1250 is the number shirley we gave away a car wash yesterday what do you want to give away today I'm going to give away a Hungry Pirate, courtesy of Chico's. Oh, man. That sounds good right about now. A Hungry Pirate. What caller are you looking for? Caller number 10. All right, caller 10. 317-1250 is the winner. We're back with you on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Heartscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Heartscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Heartscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oat. They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. And congratulations to Alan Meekins of Washington. Picked up a hungry pirate courtesy of Chico's. Grab your Amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Plus, ice-cold cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, let's continue on our ECU Bud Light report. Brought to you by Bud Light. And, Shirley, let's hear from Coach Shank. I had a good chat with Steve Shankweiler Saturday at ECU Football Media Day. Talked about uh, this current team, Shank's career, and more. And uh, let's hear that right now. Coach, uh, we talked to so many of your former players over the years. Most recently, Phoenix Evans came by the Pirate Radio Studios. And everybody's got a good Shank story. But how do you, you know, relate to the players today? And how have you been able to do that throughout your whole career? Well, I... That, or do you relate to the yeah, maybe I, you, you might need to ask them. Um, you know, I, I think I think you know, and, and I appreciate Phoenix. He, he's 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 such a good person. Um, I, I think really, the kids want the same thing. I, I don't think yeah. There's there's different things. Uh, the this generation's this or this gen. But the reality is, they all want to be coached hard. They all want a chance to succeed. You know, and they all want somebody to believe in them. And you know how you how you filter that to them may change over time, but the core values of coaching or teaching and students or players that remains the same. You know uh, they all want to be successful, and and if they trust you, then uh, you can coach them pretty much the way you always have. Bailey Malovic has uh, certainly put on some weight. How about the the O line as a whole? How did they get with Big John and, and get bigger? Uh, well, I think I think just being out of COVID, you know. I mean, that's you know we went last year. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't the second week of March on. 
you know, we didn't really have a weight program. And, and, and what's interesting is as kids mature, you know, the freshman, sophomore, junior, that, 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 that period of time there where that maturation takes place, if all of a sudden you don't have it, it's not like you or me just taking a few weeks off. I mean, it, what they have to do on the football field, there's a drastic drop when, when you can't continuously train. And, you know, and, and every school went through it. It wasn't just East Carolina. But, but I think, yeah, I think we are certainly, uh, you know, we're a much bigger, tougher football team right now than we've been since we've been here. How's uh, Noah Henderson coming along as he returns? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's day by day. Um, you know, he's, he's got some limitations right now. But, you know, he went through the whole scrimmage today, and, and he did okay. Uh, you know, he's going to play a lot. He's going to play in every game. And how far he takes it kind of depends on how, you know, he hadn't played in almost two years. And uh, the last time he played, I guess, was, uh, I guess it would have been the Tulsa game two years ago. So there's been a lot of time that he's going to have to make up. But, but he's got a lot of natural talent. He's a great kid. He's, he's grown up a lot. Uh, you know, he's very much more mature now, as, as they all are two years later. But, uh, but I, I, I have high expectations for him. Finally, Coach, how, how much, how deeper are you right now than you were when you stepped back in the door uh, here at ECU? Oh, wow. Cliff, I, you know, those were good kids, you know, and, they, and, and you know, but it's, it's not even close. You know, we've got, we've got almost too deep that we could put on the field that have lettered, have started, you know. Um, you know, we've got one kid that started 12 games last year for us and, and right now he's second team you know and, and and playing better than he did last year but we've just been able to develop kids kind of like we did in the past we've had some time now to develop some guys that uh, and, and they are still young we've only got three seniors in the offensive line so it's still a work in progress obviously but uh, but but they've made great strides they, they bought into what we're teaching and you know they'll they'll be they'll be a solid group all right, Steve Shankweiler there, ECU offensive line coach, who's pretty open about what he's got and doesn't got and uh, seems to be excited about what the Pirates have at the O-line position this year. And that is really, you know, excluding a Noah Henderson at 100%, a Fernando Fry who uh, started all those games last year that he was talking about. So uh, Avery Jones has moved to center. You've got Bailey Malovic bigger and stronger on the outside at the tackle position. And the Pirates looking uh, to uh, maybe have that as a strength uh, of their team in 2021. That remains to be seen. The guys running behind that O-line will be in Chris Foster's room. He's the running backs coach at East Carolina. And I was able to catch up with Coach Foster on Saturday. Well, Coach, uh, you got some some studs to work with uh, in your room. Uh, Coming in from day one, what was your take on uh, what you had in your running back room, and, and how do you feel about it right now? I knew what I had coming in. Uh, like I say, I recruited both of them guys, uh, so uh, I knew what type of guys they were. Uh, like I say, I know they're great players, but even better men. And so, you know, getting here and having a chance to be able to work with them has been a truly a blessing uh, because, I mean, one thing about them, them guys are hungry to get better each and every day. And so uh, I'm thankful for this opportunity, to, like I say, to continue to be a part of their journey. Rajay and, and Keaton look like they have the 1A, 1B spot on the depth chart, but Pop and 
Maceo are, are pushing those guys. How are the guys behind the starting two looking right uh, now? You know, you know, they approved, like you talked about, Maceo showed some flashes this uh, this camp, but also Pop, you know, coming as a true freshman, uh, have definitely uh, stepped it up. You know, the hard part is as a freshman is that, learn, you know, just a learning piece, you know. Uh, they play a whole lot slower. So, you know, you're like, man, is he really talented? But once you uh, get him, you know, after a couple of days or a week or so, you know, I look at, you know, an improvement from day to day and also week to week. And so, uh, you know, Pop definitely improved from last scrimmage to this scrimmage. Uh, you know, he's definitely uh, stepping up, but he's got ways to go. And 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 thing about it, he's itching to get there, and so he'll be fine. And, you know, G-Money Woods is another uh, that's, you know, kind of coming along. So, you know, I'm excited for this room that I got. You know, I got some young guys, but, you know, that's why I got Coach in front of my name. <laughs> coach, a couple of other things, pass protection and receiving out of the backfield. Let's go pass pro first. How are Rajay Keaton doing on that side of things? Oh, uh, they've got a whole lot better, you know. And, you know, that's one thing when I talked to them, they said, you know, Coach, these are two things I want to prove on, protecting the ball and pass pro. And so, you know, uh, they definitely have improved on the pass pro piece of it. You know, we got to continue to get better. And the biggest part is just, you know, understanding the reading the defenses and anticipating it's coming, uh, you know, to give itself a chance. But from the fundamental technique side of it, they are definitely got better. And how much do you want to get your running backs involved in the passing game, catching the football? I think, you know, I think it's very important this time and days. You know, like I say, being able to create some mismatch and get a chance to get the ball in the hands. They both catch the ball very well and very special with the ball in their hands. All right, uh, Keaton Mitchell, as I talked to him on Saturday, said that was one of his strengths, catching the football. Had 11 catches, 75 yards, one touchdown in a shortened season as a freshman in 2020. Rajay Harris, just six catches, uh, did have a receiving touchdown, uh, 31 yards in 2020. So we'll we'll see if that's something they try to do more in 2021, but nice to know you have the ability to do that, especially with a guy like Keaton Mitchell who can uh, go north-south so quickly um with his sprint speed and, and get him involved in the passing game something we might see more of in 2021 all right tim doust handling the special teams defensive ends as well we talked special teams and defense with coach doust on saturday let's hear that right now coach uh i believe i had you on the show when you first got here and you said you hadn't coached a football game since 2019 is that correct i know you're ready to go it's been a while yeah we had the COVID at fcs uh last fall so ready to go long camp and uh, ready to get things rolling be anxious to get out there against that let's start with the special teams uh how have you guys looked in practice leading up to uh you start to get into game week now with, with app state yeah i see growth every day so i think that's a sign of a mature football team i'm talking with the coverage units and the return units you see kids make a mistake we talk about it in the meeting room and then they go out and fix it so i'm I was really glad to see those type of things um i thought john hit the ball really well today uh luke and john both have had good camps um, i think there's gonna be roles for both of those kids and at the kicking situation we are i mean we have talent and coach and i talked about it coming off the field today we'll watch we'll watch the film talk to the kids but um there's talent we're not wondering oh no, we don't have a field goal kicker. No, we're going to be okay. So, be good. With all the depth and, and veterans at linebacker and secondary, how does that help you on the kick coverage, punt coverage with all those guys? Yeah, you, those guys, uh, wide receivers getting in the mix now, it, we're getting faster because you used to maybe take some tight ends or defensive ends, but with, with depth at, at safety and linebacker, you're getting faster faster guys in the coverage unit. So, uh, Blake Harrell's, you know, he's done a great job at linebacker and rotating those guys through so we can use a Miles Berry. Bruce Bivens is ready to go. Ramjur is ready to go. We've got some young freshmen, uh, Devin King, Julius Wood, uh, Jamani Wilson. Those kids can roll, and they like contact. How's Jeremy Lewis looked uh, going back to the defensive side of the ball? He was 
great uh, at South Central, right down the road, playing defense. How about uh, currently? Yeah, so Jeremy's another guy. So looks are new to him. Every time he sees it, it's the first time. He sees it. He's very professional in the meeting room, and, it, and he's very um, – He's obsessive with his craft. He wants to know the answer. How do I do this, coach? So uh, once he, you know, he gets more and more reps, the better and better he's getting. You get him to play when he's playing fast and confident. He's going to be a problem for other teams to block. So every, I thought this last week uh, was really, really good for him. You know, I know he had the interception last week's scrimmage. That was probably the the lone highlight for him. But I thought he 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 put more uh, good and consistent days together this week. and was better this this Saturday as well. And uh, you're working with Xavier Smith a little bit as well. Uh, what, where do you think he lines up more on game day? Is he an inside linebacker, rush in 50 50? I'll let them figure it out because if you went out there today, he made plays at both positions. And, and in our room, uh, on the edge of the defense, you know, Jeremy and X. They're the starters. That because you know with college football these days, you, you can't play with eleven on defense. Things are too fast, and we demand them to play really, really hard. So I feel really good about that position. And, and X shows value to our football team in the special teams game uh, at inside linebacker and at outside linebacker. What do you want to accomplish these next, uh, I guess, week and a half uh, until kickoff? You know, lube, lube up our defense a little bit special teams wise but confident okay this is who App State is every get the right kids in the right spots okay so they have confidence to execute their get their plan I think well you know we'll take a long look at that here in the next 36 hours and, and get things all full speed for App State Tim Doust sounds like a football coach great talking to coach Doust Saturday at ECU Media Day we'll have more interviews coming your way this week on Pirate Radio Live from Media Day and some Mike Houston uh, we'll have uh, some audio for you on Wednesday, and we'll have the Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday early evening audio up for you on our social media sites. So check out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as the Pirates are about to wrap up practice now. We'll have that for you online coming up tonight and the audio version for you Wednesday here on the show. Let's take our final timeout. We'll come back, get ready to wrap up a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your uh, stock market report it was a good day the dow was up 30 at 35,366 nasdaq was ahead 44 at 15,357 and the s&p was up six at 4,486 and that is a look at your stock market report brought to you by wells fargo for a personal look into investing call wells fargo advisors today at 756-6900 in greenville wells fargo advisors llc member sipc now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Baron. All right. If you're tuned into our live edition coming up in one minute, we've got our Players Lounge edition of the Pirate Radio podcast interviews with all the Pirate players from Monday's edition of Pirate Radio Live. So we got that on the way. We got a big Wednesday edition of PRL on tap for you coming up 3 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, myself, Bryce Williams, Jeff Charles, Ethan Joyce. We'll talk some App State football, Mully. And uh, comments from Mike Houston as uh, the Pirates just getting off the practice fields. 
Mike Houston talking to the media now. We'll have those comments for you on our social media sites in minutes. And we'll have it for you uh, audio-wise coming up Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. We'll see you Wednesday at 3 for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.